We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast. It's episode 65 and we've got yet another special guest this week coming at you from Bally Sports Network. He covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. He is the rinkside reporter. We are so excited to welcome in Dave Metzold. He's going to talk about the offseason, the coaching change, the players changing, and so much more. He's going to join us for Garage Beers of the Week. Also, come on up the driveway Pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. All right, there we are. And welcome, everybody, in to episode 65 of the Garage Beers podcast. Uh, This is going to be a really, really good one. So excited for our guest. We're going to get to him in just a minute. Uh, But the Garage Beers podcast brought to you, as always, on the Belly Up Sports podcast network. Go check out Belly Up Sports and the other podcasts that are on the network. Uh, A lot of good hockey podcasts over there. So uh, give them a look. Uh, With you, as always, I'm your host, Mike Garage Beers. Mike, you can find me on Twitter. And with me, my fellow co-hosts over on the east side of Cleveland, Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Hi. Hey. Hi. Uh, guys, uh, remember how I told you I was trying that new diet trend, starving myself? <laughs> well, it's it's working. I've lost 10 pounds. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. I mean, nice. man, the, beer, the beer's not going to help. But, I'm not going <laughs> to but, but I'm not going to encourage people to starve themselves. We're not, we, we do not encourage people to starve themselves on the Garage Beers podcast. <laughs> it's it's cheap day, so I get to drink some beer. Here we go. All right. Congrats to you, though, being down 10 pounds. That's awesome. And maintaining your head size. Well, well that's, that's never going to go away. That's never going to go away. Why? All right. So Chad's looking slim and svelte over there on the east side. Down in Nashville, Tennessee, we got Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's up, Joe? Chad, you and I are living two different lives right now because literally yesterday at Walmart, I got these little like, you know, like the nerds rope. They make them into little balls now. And (laughs) I was wrapping them in those, you know, those Twizzlers that pull apart, those cherry Twizzlers. I was wrapping the nerds rope in Twizzlers literally last night. Oh my God. And you're over here just like losing 10 pounds and like being healthy and proactive. And I'm like, it was like, I wrap candy. I'm wrapping candy in candy. Yeah. And then I, have a, it. 
That fat Kid Tuesday. Cheeky Wednesday. <laughs> fat Kid Tuesday. There we go. It wasn't Fat Tuesday yesterday? Huh? No. Yeah. Uh, that sounds terrible. So the guy's doing great, as you can hear, and we're going to bring in our special guest. Uh, and again, we're very excited for this. As you know, the Blue Jackets season is over, uh, but we're going to relive a little Blue Jackets season. We're going to look forward to what the Blue Jackets have coming up. Uh, you can find our special guest on the Bally Up Sport. Bally, not Bally Up. Holy hell. I'm combining our podcast network and Bally Sports, whatever. The <laughs> Bally Sports Network. It's still taking me a minute to figure that out. Bally Sports Network. I, it's not natural yet. Anyways, you can find him on Bally Sports as the rinkside reporter for the Columbus Blue Jackets. If you want to follow him on Twitter, go follow him at DMets Media. It's Dave Metzel. Dave, what's going on, man? Uh, just bellying up to the bar, man. Just bellying up to the bar. Happy to be here, boys. It's fantastic. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We are very excited. Uh, now that your life has probably calmed down just a little bit uh, over the last couple of days, we really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to join us to talk some hockey. Yeah, I mean, I love the opportunity, and uh, like I can tell I like it already. And, Joe, I, I have to tell you, do you have any idea what the name of our game producer is? The guy who produces every game, works with Jeff and Jody every game. Do you know what his name is? No, I don't. His name, I swear to God, is Joe Whalen. No way. Yeah. Come no on. <laughs> Look at That's oh, crazy. Funny thing, funny thing is he wraps Snickers in Reese's cups oh, and then eats them on Tuesdays. It's he's a chocolate guy, right. obviously. True story. Yeah. That's hilarious. Small, small world. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Is he is he gaining as much weight as Joe right now? Okay. <laughs> well, actually, uh, this Joe, this guy runs all the time. He's uh, he's in good shape. He's fit. Uh, so no. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, how does this feel right now? You know, you get to this point at the end of every season, you've, you've covered a long hockey season. You're, you're in and out of the arena. You're, you know, obviously not traveling at this point with the team right. or anything like that, but uh, now knowing the season is over, is it just a, is it time for you to just enjoy a little calm, a little peace and quiet in your life? Yeah. Although the first couple of days after the end of a season, whether they've been in the playoffs or not, the first couple of days afterwards always suck. And, and here's why. Because you turn on the TV and all you see are teams that are going to the postseason or once the playoffs start, you know, the fans are waving their towels. Every rink is going crazy. And you're just like, God, why can't, why can't that be us? Because it's so great. Anybody who's ever experienced one game of playoff hockey knows how great that is. Just the atmosphere alone. It's different than the regular season. So the first couple of days afterwards, it's like, man, this sucks because it does. I mean, you, you, you play all yeah. year for nothing, right? So that that's that's the reality of it, and then then you, you settle down into the summer, and my summers are pretty uh, loose and relaxed, and I play a lot of golf. I I screw around in my garden and backyard, and play with my dog, and you know go to the pool a lot with my family, and that's kind of what summer is around here. That sounds great. Yeah, I could I could get into that summer. <laughs> summer vacation for Dave. I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. My neighbors hate it though. I, I, pretty close with all my neighbors and all these guys are going to work all through the summer. And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing today? Uh, playing golf. Uh, what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, playing golf. Hey, can any of you guys play golf? No, we have jobs. We cannot play golf. I'm like, right. Sorry. Oh, if right. I'd be you, if I were you, I'd be, cra I'd be cracking beers at noon, sending my pictures to all my neighbors. Yes. Like, Hey guys, hope your work day is going well. That also <laughs> happens. Oh, today I'm going golfing, then going to the pool. <laughs> No, <laughs> and I'll be having some beers on a golf course and at the pool and then afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. Boom, the off season. <laughs> Gotta love the off season. Right. Even when the season doesn't go as planned, 
The off season is there to console you. Uh, yeah, you're an avid golfer, right? We, we got some golfers. On the, well, hold on. Hold on. We got some guys that swing sticks with clubs at the end of them at golf balls, never knowing where they may or may not. I almost not stopped go. you there. I was, don't give me that kind of credit. <laughs> yeah, same. So I, I play a lot. That doesn't mean I'm any good, but I do play a lot because I like, I just like it. I think it's fun. And every once in a while you get lucky and you get a birdie or you get to do something good. And yesterday I was playing a uh, course here called Golf Club of Dublin. And uh, Patty Line was out there whacking it around. So uh, easy to spot. He had the long, flowing, blonde, old man locks coming out of his hat. Right. Right. Yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. Well, good. I, it's good to hear. You know, it's Patty Line. And we're going to get to our garage beers of the week here in a second. But, you know, he's going to be one of the most talked about guys forever uh, moving forward with what's going to happen with him. But so far, he's saying all the right things, right? Yeah. Now he's out. He's out enjoying a little Columbus, enjoying some golf. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, that, well, that's. I mean, given uh, given the way the city of Columbus has been put through the ringer here recently, yeah. Hey, if he's enjoying part of Columbus, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All uh, right. Yeah, hey, yeah, there's our boy from. Now, uh, oh, I was just going to say we had our boy here from uh, from six one four hockey, which I know you guys are familiar with, Matt uh, over here saying hi. So we just want to say hi to Matt for jumping in, saying hi to us. The dude uh, keeps me. Uh, he keeps me in all of my uh, all of my attire. Everything from t shirts to nice warm hoodies. Everything Matt Pfeffer's got. He usually sends it my way, which is good. A lot of hats too. Yeah, that hat. As you can see, I yeah. love that hat. He helps us out too with some hats. Whole, we love yeah. that. Just a, whole, just a whole 614 hockey closet. I like it. Yeah. So anyways, before we get into more hockey, oh, Chad, Chad, I think you're delaying pretty hard, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. Before we get into anything else, we got to talk about beers. Yes. So let's do that. Uh, and so we're going to get to our garage beers of the week. Dave, basically what we do is we just crack open our beer. We tell everybody that's listening what we're drinking and give it a little review. So we always let our special guests go first. So Dave, why don't you start us off with your garage beer of the week? Uh, uh, this is really like, I knew we were going to do this. So like, honestly, God, I got the whole cooler here. Yes. Like, you, want, <laughs> you want me to go with my go-to? You want me to go with my favorite hometown beer? I'm from Minneapolis. That's probably the most interesting. Yeah. Thing. Go for it. Let me say, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So every time I go back, I go to a twins game. Some people will just absolutely roll their eyes at this. Grain belt, baby. Grain wow. belt. What? Grain belt. Come on. A lot of people would tell you this beer sucks. I'm here to tell you this beer is fantastic. It's light. It's easy. <laughs> Ten of them at a Twins game. They're fantastic. And, it, and it's to me, it's home, right? So I got to go sure. with Grain Belt Premium. It's just a notch above hams. Just a notch. Hey, well, hey there's nothing wrong with hams. <laughs> but it's spectacular. And for me, it's home, so that's why. Listen, we don't judge. Sure. Okay. We don't judge. We don't judge beers here on the Garage Beers podcast. We we uh, as many times as we can, we'll throw in like the we'll do like a cheap beers episode. Yeah. My, one of my favorite beers of all time is Genesee Cream Ale. So, listen, no judgments coming from us here yeah, on the Garage yeah. Beers Podcast. How long is the show, by the way? Because I got one for, I mean, I got the stories on every beer I could possibly pop here. Tonight, so. <laughs> listen, our, our show normally goes about an hour and a half. But, mm-hmm. hey, you know, if you got to go, too, you can let us know that. But you got your cooler, so you're stocked. I'm so upset. All right. Uh, so let's keep the train going with the Garage Beers of the Week. Let's send it over to the east side. Chad, what is your Garage Beer of the Week this week? Well, uh, you know, it's uh, funny kind of piggybacking off of uh, Dave's Twins beer. Uh, I've got Great Lakes Brewing Company's 
rally drum. Woo, right there. Oh, yeah. Well, they got a new can for it. And it's a whole different beer. Is, oh, they changed the beer. It's a whole new beer. Not a red ale? It is, nope. It is, the, it is the official craft beer of the Cleveland Indians. Okay, now wait a second. Hang on. Did I not just explain to you guys I'm a Twins fan? Do, do I have to listen to this <laughs> Indians crap yeah. the whole night? You're goddamn right you do. That was great, boys. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this shit right here then. For the- oh, <laughs> I did. I did. Hey, how's Eddie Rosario working out for you? Can you- Fine. <laughs> Fine. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. He's all right. Uh, well, this, uh, this beer basically, Great Lakes said, hey, Miller Lite, we can do this too. And that's exactly what this tastes like. <laughs> I mean, this is basically Miller Lite. So, <laughs> it's, but it's a, a hey, I, I don't mind it. There's, you know, there's nothing, guys, there's nothing better. I don't know. One of my favorite atmospheres of all time is at a ballpark with a beer and a dog. Like, that's just, I don't know. That's, that, that's just man time. I don't know. It, 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 it's nostalgic. Listen, no? man or woman, it's okay. Now, you can't just say men time anymore. <laughs> no, men no, or women. That is not allowed, boys. My men or women. <laughs> Sorry to all my other ladies out there. <laughs> Listen, I got some female friends that can throw back some beers at a baseball game with any man I know. So, yeah, men or women, it's all good. Uh, oh, Dave. I'm just I'm just going to keep sliding it through the frame here, Dave. I'm just going to go. Woo. Dave, that's good. That's fun. <laughs> yes. Hey, why are you talking about Eddie Rosario like you wouldn't want him back on the Twins? Have you seen where the Twins are? Have you seen what's happened? Yes. My God. I, we've seen, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. I'm sure you have. I, I have, like. There are some buddies of mine here who are obviously big Indians fans, and I chirp them all the time. All the time. Oh, sure. sure. All the time. And I got nothing this year. Nothing. <laughs> so I mean, I'm actually going up next week for a tryout. I just have <laughs> uh, you know. fantastic. Hey, Joe's hitting 210 in his softball league, so it's fine. <laughs> you know what it is? It's that extra weight. Yes. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely the Twizzlers and Nerds. What it is. The momentum, the momentum in the hips is just giving them extra right. power. Yeah. His first at bat, he's all charged up because he's on a sugar high. By the time he hits his third AB, he's got nothing. He's he's like that guy that plays Pablo, for the Twins. Have What's you the guy's Pablo name that plays for the Twins? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh, Whoever that guy's name, whatever that guy's name is that plays for the Twins, that's the same way. That <coughs> is like a Sandoval, ball. Right? No, he doesn't play for the Twins. No. No, I don't remember his name. It's, it's, you also know? No, it starts with an A. He's like the little short guy. The turtle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The right. turtle. That's right. him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Right, like, a, like a shorter, fatter Kirby bucket. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But then like subtract like 30 attribute points. Right, right, right. And that's him. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, speaking of the turtle, let's send it to Joe yeah. in Nashville. <laughs> What's your garage beer of the week this week? Um, okay. I, I think we win here, Mike, at one point. This is from Louisville. Uh, or if you're from... Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. Uh, this is against the grain. Sit your oh, ass yeah. down. Oh, cool. It actually like reflects the right way. That's nice. Um, I haven't had it yet. Let me try it. <laughs> I think that's, isn't that the brewery that's right in like the Louisville's ballpark, ballpark like the Louisville yeah. ballpark? Yeah. Oh, that's so. good. Yeah. They claim it's just like a no bullshit Citra IPA. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. All right. So we've got a hometown beer from Minneapolis, the Twin Cities. We've got a Cleveland beer uh, for the for the Indians. You got Rally Drum, and we've got a Louisville beer. Uh, you know, we're talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets here, so I took it to Columbus. That a boy, and I went to Brew Dog. 
And I, I guess this triple hazy, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, and this is no offense to brew dog, but I think most of the beers that I have at brew dog are pretty good. I think they're, I think it's a pretty good beer place. This beer, this triple hazy is the best beer I've had at brew dog. It is awesome. It is a, just a delicious IPA, a triple hazy IPA, new England style is really good. So brew dog, Triple Hazy, in honor of us having a Columbus-themed episode with the Blue Jackets with Dave. Uh, so those are our Garage Beers of the Week. Uh, to you, you guys. I did match you with that one, with little David Savard, uh, North High Stick right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, oh sweet. come on. I'll oh, have David that one Savard. Oh. Poor oh. David Savard. Well, not poor David Savard. He's doing fine. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So the... Cheers to you guys here on the podcast. Uh, Cheers to you, the listeners, anybody watching. Let us know. Go online. Tell us what you're drinking. Tell us in the comments right now. If you have any suggestions for beers that you want uh, want us to try on the show, we're happy to go hunt them down, find them, and we will do that and put them in with our Garage Beers of the Week. But now it is time. Oh, somebody loves the stick, so they're very – little Boomer over here. Little Boomer CBJ is very excited that you have the stick. Uh, So let's get into some Blue Jacket stock. And when we talk about this last season, I hate to bring the mood down. It just, it just was everything, everything everybody hoped the season wasn't going to be yeah. is what this last Blue Jackets season was. Uh, an incredibly difficult season. They finished 18, 26, and 12, 48 total points on the year, uh, which tied them for, with Detroit for last place in the division. Um, and the ugliness started – all the way back at the beginning. Uh, it was a tumultuous start to the year. Obviously, Pierre, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, and his situation where he made it very well known that he wanted to get out of Columbus, uh, and it really never kind of turned around. Uh, do you feel like when season starts like that, and again, I, I think everybody says the right thing, Dave. Everybody says the right thing when that's going on. Oh, you know, we're just doing what's best for the team, or, you know, he's just doing what's best for himself, and part of that is okay, but – what kind of impact does that have? Do you feel like the team kind of felt the impact of all that kind of preseason drama just all the way through the season? No, no question. And I'll just give you a little personal story. So I was, uh, I was at the R bar with Cam Atkinson. Cam was donating some money back to some local businesses. And uh, one of the things that Cam did was he opened up a tab at the R bar. So we're sitting there and he's like, Hey, open up a tab. Let's have a beer. So we're sitting there with Cam and Cam says, Hey man, Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's get PL over here. I'm like, oh, this will be great. And this is before any of the drama. It's when we were all yeah. waiting for PL Dubois to sign his contract, right? So Cam's like, I'm going to text him and get him over there. Well, soon, soon enough, he walks right in the door. And Cam's like, dude, you ought to go give him some shit. You ought to go just, you know, like just chirp him a little bit about when you're going to sign your contract. So we're joking around about it, right? Like there is no hint whatsoever that PL is going to do anything other than sign with the Blue Jackets and be a happy centerman for the foreseeable future. About 10 days later, shit hits the fan, right? Like, what, what is going on here? So I think that, that veterans like Cam, like Seth, like Zach Warinsky, guys who were counting on PLD to come back, were kind of blindsided by it. And when that happens, man, you know, the whole vibe of the room changes because all of a sudden now you're looking forward to having him back and having him establish himself at center ice and do everything else. And now you've got a guy who wants to leave town and now you got torts saying on the radio, look, this guy wants to leave. And that adds an extra wrinkle to it and everything else trade happens and it just never clicks. Right. It's great to have Ross Levick. 
It's great to have uh, Patty Line, but it just never clicks. And that's when things started to turn. That's when you started to say, oh, this could be a long year. It, it didn't take very long for that to have impact, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it just never seemed to click from the start. Like you said, uh, Dave, you know, I, I everything I was noticing, it, it, it just seemed like this team could not put three periods of hockey together. I mean, they showed flashes yeah. uh, of 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 the team that they were, that they were, but it just never seemed, you know, we talked over and over again on this podcast uh, about this team being a defensive-minded team uh, with great goaltending. And it just like it just again it, it just never seemed to come together from your perspective what happened on that end of the ice uh well I, I think Seth got off to a really slow start he wasn't bad but he wasn't the Seth Jones that we're all accustomed to and I think the same thing happened with Zach Warinsky. those two guys as we've heard a million times before the engine that kind of gets things going and for whatever reason both of them got off to slow starts which I think really really hampered things as well as what was going on in the, uh, you know, up front with the, with the top six forwards. And, and then you, you got to mention uh, the fact that Max Domi just didn't fit at center. So when the trade was made, Josh Anderson, Max Domi, like, all right, I like Domi. Uh, and I described Domi at the time as kind of like torts on ice, right? A little fireball, just the kind of guy who's going to be in your face all the time, super aggressive, super competitive. And it just didn't click. So, now you have dysfunction in the top six. Nobody can score. You look back to the blue line, you're like, well, Seth and Zach can get us out of this. They weren't able to get them out of this. They couldn't quite settle on a, on a solid, you know, six group, a group of six defensemen back there in the back end. Michael Delzato was coming out. He had earned a spot on the team. You're like, maybe, maybe MDZ is going to be the guy who gets it going. And nobody was able to just be the guy, right? Torts was looking for the guy who wanted to load this team up on his shoulders and nobody was taking that mantle. Nobody wanted to do it. And I, I don't know. And then, then you throw Koivu all of a sudden saying, eh, yeah. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, how badly did Max Domi need Koivu to stick around? How badly, yes. uh, how badly did uh, Jack Roslovic need, need Koivu to stick around and teach him how to win a faceoff? I mean, all of those things, it just started to swirl down the drain really quickly. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up because the Koivu thing was so short-lived yeah. before he quit that, uh, and I don't want to bat, but before he retired, it is what it is. But, he like, quit. how long did he quit? I think he was, I personally, and I don't know how your, your feelings on this day, but you kind of just shared it. I think he was way more important to this team than maybe it was ever let on. Like, when he left, it was like, oh, he's old. He's played for a long time. He, it's his time. He just feels like going. And it was kind of like just this thing where it's like, I understand. In reality, I think they didn't just bring him in to be a, like a figurehead. Like, right. I, I feel like they had somewhere for him. Like, they had, he was an important piece to this team, and he just leaves. Yeah. Uh, could you sense a, like any kind of like deflating, you know, atmosphere that happened after that? No. Uh, and in fact, everything that was said about Miko Koivu uh, was all complimentary. Great career, great right. captain in Minnesota. You know, he, he, he certainly has established himself as a great uh, piece for any NHL team, mostly in Minnesota, obviously, where he played most of his career. Right. Um, so it was all positive, but if you looked closely at what was needed there, they needed a mentor for some of these young centermen and frankly, young forwards and frankly, just the youth of the team in general to have a guy like Miku Koivu around, basically another captain who didn't have a letter 
just was a positive thing for this young team as it tried to develop. And especially with the turmoil that had happened early in the season, which we'd already talked about, Miko Koivu could have been a settling influence. And instead, he adds more drama on top of it by just saying, ah, I quit, I retire, I'm done. And you don't, when a guy retires, you don't get anything for him. It's not like, oh, hey, Miko's, <laughs> he's just gone. <laughs> yeah, they got a good return. Right. Oh, wait. Right. It's like, being, it's like being out with your buddies. You need a wingman, and all of a sudden, wingman's gone. You're like, thanks. <laughs> oh, okay. Miko, Miko pulled an, an Irish goodbye. I'm, I'm, I have perfected that art. Yeah. If, I, if I'm feeling a little too saucy at the bar, I just go. Yeah. That's what he did to the Blue Jackets. He just Irish goodbye the Blue Jackets. Oh, no. I didn't think about it that way. Uh, so the other question I have for you, and, and this is another thing that we've talked about, and, and we're going to get to the tort situation and obviously torts and, and the team separating and all that stuff in a yeah. little bit. Uh, uh, so we'll go there later, but but to keep it just kind of at that towards the beginning of of what was just a crazy rocky start. One of the things that, that I kind of just have noticed the guys that played for torts and this is kind of a career theme. The guys that play with torts for an extended period of time seem to love playing for torts because they like buy into it. Right. Yeah. Like we had, we had Felino on the podcast and he just nothing but good things. Just, you know, he loved playing with torts. He loved playing for torts. He understood, he understood. And the guys that stuck around for a while kind of understood what torts was all about. And so when he went off on some of the things that other players may not like, they got it. Right. But I feel like to do that, that, that deal and bring in line a and bring in Roslovic right, right towards the beginning of the season. I mean, that <laughs> there was no time for them to really acclimate. Right. I always feel, felt like watching towards new guys that haven't played for him before struggled to acclimate to his style. And there's always drama, right? There's always guys getting benched. There's always guys, newer guys getting benched. Yeah. What was it about torts in that situation? Why did it take guys long longer to acclimate to him when they hadn't played for him before? One huge part of it was there's no training camp, no training camp, and no traditional training camp, right? Where torts will put these guys through their paces and just grind them down to nothing. They all know it's coming. Starts with a two mile timed run. They got to get in and under whatever it is, 14 minutes something like that. Uh, it starts with that. And then you just grind. I mean, if, if you uh, – and you can't do it now because he's gone, but but a torts training camp, the first couple of, of, uh, of days of practice always end with endless skating, and it gets uncomfortable when you're watching it. It's like watching the movie Miracle when yes. Jennifer Brooks is like, again, oh, yeah. again. Only yeah. it's really happening in front of you, and it's like he's just sitting there blowing the whistle, and they're skating around and around, and, and you're like – Okay, this is it. This is what sets him apart. And they didn't have that this year, right? They didn't they didn't have a torch training camp. They didn't get a chance to bond together against him in training camp, which is so funny, right? <laughs> this son of a bitch isn't gonna break me. There's no way he's gonna break me. But they didn't get that opportunity to bond. Then you throw in PL leaving, bringing in Patty Line and, and Jack Roslovic, who had some of his own issues in Winnipeg, let's be honest, so did Patty. Sure. Uh, and and they're trying to assimilate into this team that's already feeling the sting of losing Pierre Luc Dubois. So 
I, I think that was part of it too. And Torts, you know, the last couple of days, Torts has been really honest and saying, look, I, I, I couldn't fix it. I knew the room was going in a certain direction and I couldn't fix it. And it was on me. That's, that's Torts' words. Yeah. I couldn't get the thing solved. And ordinarily through all of the drama that they've been through with this, this thing, you know, with Bob and Brad leaving and all that kind of stuff, this team has been through some drama and Torts has been able to guide them through it and fix it. He couldn't do it this time. He admits it. And that's, you know, again, that's a big reason why they couldn't. They never even won three games in a row, for God's sakes. Yeah. He couldn't get it turned around in a point so they could win three in a row. He just never got it repaired. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to watch. You know, we we came in. Uh, we had Jean-Luc Rump here, and we were talking to him on, you know, before the season, what were the expectations? And we were talking about the new divisions and all that. And he was like, they're coming in first or second in the division. Yeah. Like, that is what's going to happen. And and to see how things just got wired from the beginning of the season to where, like Chad said before, everything you thought they were going to be good at, they weren't good at. Right. Right. The, the next thing. Right. So he talked about defense because this that's what the team was. They were never good at scoring a ton of goals, but man, they could stop you from scoring goals. They yeah. didn't do that this year. And and these things go hand in hand. Right. A goalie isn't just out there by himself. He needs the defense in front of him. They weren't making the plays that were accustomed to them making. But at the same time, you came in with these two goalies, Elvis and Jonas, right? And 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 you think, man, we are good there. Like, we are good. Right. And even with a not-so-great defense playing around him, those two guys struggled all year. Uh, and, and I feel like it was always the same thing. And, and again, so I don't want to take too much away from them because I think they're both good. But it was always the same thing. And I watching the games, it was always fun until the end because the games always felt like highlight save, highlight save, right? Jonas is like diving across the net, making a yeah. save with a stick. Elvis is making a save with like his teeth. Like it doesn't matter. And then the third period rolls around and they're just like, we can't do this anymore. Uh, but both of them uh, towards the league bottom, as far as goals allowed, as, as far as per se percentage goes. Uh, uh, so I, I guess... It just do you feel like it was just them wearing down? Uh, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know that anybody's ready to say, like, these guys maybe aren't as good as people thought they were. But uh, was it just the season wearing them down? I have a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, I think it was uh, individual game in terms of being worn down in individual games. It's because each of them on any given night had to be almost perfect. Right. There's no run support. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, you got to be Bieber every night, right? And if, right. if go so, try, I don't know why the hell I use that. <laughs> Chad, where's your beer? Where's your beer, Chad? Yeah, uh, but no, I mean that that wears on a goaltender when when the team in front of you is not scoring, and you know that if you let one in, you're like, oh god, that could have been it, or you, I can't give up more than two because this team's not going to score three. That's really really tough. Uh, and the second part of it, and, and it, listen, in this household, we're huge Elvis Merzlikens fans. I, I'm, frankly, I'm worried about my wife maybe leaving me for Elvis, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Over the, like, over the top, Elvis love. Like, Going to have a thruple over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she's here. Are you still here? I don't know. She might have left. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Oh. Did you notice yeah, a fancy car? In minutes, I'm out. See you later. Did you notice <laughs> yeah. a fancy car with the license plate Elvis in the parking or in your driveway? <laughs> exactly. uh, no, but but the other thing is, I think Elvis, if you listen to him uh, closely, especially once Jonas got hurt, 
if you listen to Elvis, he wants the net. He doesn't want to be a backup. He doesn't want to wait for, uh, okay, uh, Jonas is going tomorrow night. You're going next Sunday, and then we'll see what happens after. He doesn't like that. He wants it to be his net, right? And you see, you saw it last year. When, when he went on that tear and had all the shutouts and everything else, it was because it was his net. Jonas was hurt. It was his net. He went into it with a confidence that he didn't have on the platoon, in the platoon situation, right? And I think that was part of it, too. You didn't see the best Elvis really until his last two or three starts when he really started to play at the very, very top of his game. Was he perfect? No. But I think that's really important to him. I think he's a huge alpha dog. He's got to be the guy, and he wants to know that he's the guy, and then he can flourish at his absolute best. So I think those two factors affected both of them. The the two goalies have such different personalities, at least outwardly. I don't pretend to know them away from the ice, but they have such different personalities. Uh, I, I can't tell you if that fire burns the same way in Jonas that it does in Elvis, but I but I know because Elvis has no problem telling us that he right. wants to be the guy. He wants to be the starter, and he, and he says, I'm not a backup. I'm no backup. I'm a starter. I'm a number right. one goal. Right, yeah. No, I, I totally get that, Dave. I mean, I work for I work for the monsters i told a story on this podcast before and the one the one time elvis was you know was sent to to the monsters for a conditioning or just to get a game in the first thing he says when he walks in he didn't want anything to do with any production or anything like that he said he said i didn't come over to america to play in the american league right <laughs> in the ahl so yeah i could tell that confidence but i, I guess one question I had to kind of piggyback off that is I I also noticed, especially at the beginning of the year when both goalies were healthy, they just they kept alternating games. Jonas would go one night, Elvis would go another night. Does that play on a goalie's psyche and rhythm at all? And if so, how much? I think it's up to the individual goaltender. Um, okay. But I, I think with these two guys, especially both of them believing they're number ones, Jonas sat forever behind Bob, right, waiting for his chance. Waiting for his chance. And look, Jonas isn't dumb. He he knew Elvis was coming through. He knew Elvis had things timed with his contract in Europe so that when Bob's contract was up, all of a sudden here comes Elvis over to North America, right? He knew that. He knew he would have to earn it. But imagine what it's like for Corpy now to have to feel like he has to earn that job all over again after being Bob's understudy forever. I mean, that has to wear on him just like not being the guy wears on Elvis. Uh, so I think those two factors, as these guys would alternate, each one of them hoping, all right, tonight I got to be perfect. I got to be uh, perfect uh, in every situation so that I can maybe get the start next time too and maybe put three or four together. Uh, but that, you know, again, it didn't happen. So I, I, there's, there's a lot of different uh, dynamics that work with those two guys. Number one of all of them, I think, is – uh, that there was nobody scoring in front of them. And that just has to wear on you. If it's 56 games, 82 games, whatever, if you're not scoring, you got to, underneath that mask, you got to be watching down there 200 feet away and you got to be like, are you kidding me? Are you yeah. kidding me, Cam? Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me, Russell? You just turned the puck over again. Are you kidding? Are you, it's got to drive them crazy. Yeah, you've just made 32 saves in a row and, and for some reason you're losing one to nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy situation. Again, it's another thing we'll talk about as we talk about the offseason and the future for the Blue Jackets, because uh, there's some contract discussions that have to happen there. But I love that you brought up the difference in their personalities, too, because it is you don't really hear anything from Jonas hardly ever. Right. Uh, he, he's just he just he's like there. He just he shows up in net and and 
stands on his head until he can't anymore, basically. And then you do hear from Elvis, right? He, he makes it very well known that, that he's got that fire inside. Like I, this is my job. Jonas seems like a nice guy, but he's not going to be here long is, is like the, the attitude that he's kind of got. Uh, and so I just, I think that's a, I think it's a funny dynamic to watch because they're both so good if they have a decent team in front of them. Right. And I mean, that's Elvis's whole personality. There's a story about, uh, Manny Legacy going over to see him over in uh, in Latvia or Switzerland. I can't remember where he was. And, and they had played golf one day, and and Elvis wasn't very good at playing golf, right? He, like, he didn't really know how to play. And so Manny beats him. And the next day, Elvis goes out with like three buckets of balls, hitting balls, trying to get better because he wants to be good at everything. Everything he does, he wants. And he speaks five languages, for God's sakes. You know, he, he wants to be good at everything he does. Uh, Tom Reed, the uh, reporter who used to be with the athletic went over to visit him yeah. and he, he took him for a ride in his car. He thought he was going to die. He was like, you know, he's like, like <laughs> formula one driver. He's just everything he does. He does at full speed. So that's just his personality. And listen, I mean, remember when he won in Vegas, he had the shutout in Vegas and he took his guitar or his, his guitar, took his gold stick and flipped over, played over the guitar, yeah. did the Elvis thing. I mean, that is Elvis Merzlikens right there. He wants to be center stage in Vegas, just like his namesake, you know? Somebody needs to teach this guy the value of losing it around to golf and then just slamming a bunch of beers and going home. Like, that. there's such, <laughs> there's such good stuff. Don't do that as a hockey goalie, but, like, come on, man. Yeah. That's something I could do. I could actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you need to you need to teach him the value of just go ahead and lose at golf because who cares and yeah. let's drink some beers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what is it like? We we hit on it a little bit because we talked about we were talking about Miku Koivu and 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 uh, some of the lack of the leadership. But when you look at this team, especially offensively, the centers and the forwards, like it's 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 not like it's a barren landscape, right? You've got talented guys out there that know how to put the puck in the net that have done it before. You've got, you've got, uh, you know, Line and Atkinson and, and, and Bjorky and Rosalvik and all these guys that, that can, that can put the puck in the net. But like, the only guy on the team that had more than 40 points this year was Oliver Bjorkstrand, Bjorkstrand yeah. if I can speak. What ultimately when it boils down to it, what the hell is going on down there? Like what, what is happening? Why can't these talented guys play cohesively enough to put the puck in the net. This is where I have to be careful here, boys. Be careful. I, have, I have some super strong opinions on this. Um, uh, first of all, super talented guys. Mm-hmm. Super talented guys. Maybe. Okay. Maybe they are. We, we believe they are super talented guys. They certainly have shown sparks of being super talented guys. But how many real NHL superstars are on this Columbus Blue Jackets team? Real, like yeah. across the league, everybody knows Seth Jones. Yeah, yeah. I know Seth Jones. I kind of know Cam Atkinson because he's been an NHL All Star. Certainly, everybody knows Patrick Laine, but he had a disappointing year this year. Some people know Zach. Maybe there's some familiarity with Oliver Bjorkstrand. Boone's been in the league for a long time, but there's not an Austin Matthews, for God's sakes. There's right. not a Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid. Right. There, there's not that guy. There's not a Brad Marchand. There's not a right. Patrice Bergeron. There's not, I mean, I could go on and on, you know. Sure. I mean, maybe, maybe 
our expectations are that they're all playing like the Toronto Maple Leafs and they're just not. Yeah. So that's where I ask myself, where really, what is the talent level of this team? Let's be honest with ourselves. What is the talent level of this team? Or are they underperforming? Are they really talented guys who are underperforming or is let's, let's talk honestly about the talent level of this team. I mean, and, and that's where and I'm sure we'll get into torts later. Well, you know, it's torts. It's torts. I don't know. Is it really torts? Torts has won a cup. Torts dragged last year's team a bunch of a bunch of monsters. Let's be honest, guys, because all the injuries. Torts dragged that team into the playoffs. Torts has dragged a lot of teams that weren't very talented into the playoffs based on, you know, hard work and defense and, and being physical and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know that we really have a good gauge on where that talent level is on this team when compared with other teams that consider themselves to be true cup contenders, right? I mean, yeah. look, look at the teams that – top of mind, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Edmonton maybe, um, you know. Washington. Washington, Boston. <laughs> yeah. I mean – Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's really coming out, especially with Carter now, right? Yeah. And that kills me too. That ah, ah, Jeff Carter could not win another cup. <laughs> no, please God, no. Especially in Pittsburgh. Wait, what? Did right? I say that lot? No. But I mean, that's, and, and look, I, I'm uh, I'm close enough to all these guys. I, I like all these guys personally. I think they're great. They're easy to work with for me. Uh, I, I know a lot of their parents really well. I feel like I'm, you know, a, a good friend of a lot of their parents more than I am with some of their guys or some of the <laughs> guys themselves. But you have to really be honest with yourself in terms of, man, I don't know. Is there a guy who can do what Connor McDavid did this year? No. Yeah. Is there a guy like a, a generational type player like a Austin Matthews or an Alex Ovechkin on this team? Sid Crosby? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I, I think there's good enough guys <clears throat> on that team where you shouldn't have been as low and as bad as you were this year which like for me i feel like it's more not like a scheme thing but it, it could be you know either torch just losing respect to the team um or just whatever his game plan is for the season is just not landing with the guys he has and i don't want to compare it i follow the national predators pretty close dave and it's not the same situation but it's kind of similar to four or five years ago when they made it to the cup uh, and lost with um, uh, Peter Laviolette as a head coach. The two or three years after that, you just saw it was the same guys, but they just weren't playing at the level that they could. Yeah. And not that they were blowing anything out of the water this year, but we had turnover head coach, different kind of play style, I think, that the guys are having down there. And it, it seems like things are somewhat turning around. So I wonder if when they do change over coach, for the blue jackets, maybe that will have some impact on the guys that are there right now. I think it will. I think it will for sure. And the question is how far does Yarmo Kekalina let the pendulum swing? You know, there's always good cop, bad cop, right. In every sport. And it was Todd Richards, who was a nice guy, coaches or players kind of coach, uh, but not nearly as demanding as torts certainly. And so then you swing over to torts and now do you swing back the other way and, uh, and risk, Losing some of that culture that Torch developed, which right. uh, which I think he deserves a lot of credit for. Uh, do you risk losing some of that by not, not relaxing, but not being quite as intense all the time? I don't know. 
I don't know how they uh, how they handle that. It's uh, it's going to be a really interesting decision in terms of what style of coach Yarmo goes with. It's funny he ta- and we will get into this, but he talks he he says that word accountability. So I, I'd be shocked if he swung that pendulum pendulum too far. Uh, but we'll get to that. So everything's going on. It all leads us up to <laughs> a sad day for Blue Jackets fans. Although it will not remain a sad day, but a sad day is Blue Jackets fans, which was the trade deadline. Uh, uh, you lose three fan favorite players. I mean, uh, when you see Riley Nash and David Savard and, and obviously the captain, Nick Foligno, uh, all shipped off to other teams. I mean, how crazy it's weird. It's weird to see Nick Foligno Don and Maple Leaf stuff. It's strange. Uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it was a crazy deadline. It was a sad deadline and we'll get to the return of the deadline. But when you're around the team, as much as you are, how did how does the mood change when you when you lose guys that are leaders on the team yeah. when you lose guys when you lose your captain the, the guy that was the face of the Blue Jackets essentially yeah. how does the mood change within the team within the organization the players when those guys leave is it like a palpable feeling Yep Yep and and uh, it's not even just a feeling I mean guys like Cam Atkinson and Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski said it out loud man you know Cam. With regard to Nick, I'm losing one of my best buddies. David Savard was a guy who was not quite as high profile as some of these other guys in terms of the way he conducts himself in media interviews and, you know, that type of thing. He was more soft-spoken, a a little bit more uh, – he just did his work and went home, right? But there was an excellent piece done by – I can't remember, Jim Smith, Joe Smith in Tampa, writes for The Athletic. Uh, and I'm, I may have just uh, totally it's got a very it. unique name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe John Smith. I made it up. It. Uh, <laughs> but he wrote an excellent, really long piece on on David Savard, the guy and the teammate and the friend, and what he was like uh, down in uh, or in Columbus, and and why he was so popular in the room, and why he commanded so much respect in the room. It wasn't just because of the way he played; it was because he was a great friend and a great teammate and uh, he and Nick were together when uh, when David Savard found out he was traded to uh, to Tampa and there was in that story was the, the moment that those two guys looked at each other and were like man I guess uh, I guess we're not teammates anymore you know and, and that's tough and that's real for guys who have been around that long um, Savard and Felino and Cam Atkinson in particular man they've been here for a long time through a lot of ups and downs and they've seen each other have kids and families and buy big houses in Columbus and you know kind of sink some roots here and then all of a sudden bang you're gone you're gone Riley Nash who had that same uh, type of demeanor about him in, in Columbus good guy good teammate no he's not going to score you 25 goals a season but he's going to be there in every situation and all of a sudden he's gone too and like Jeez, that was that was tough to take. And you knew at that time, all right, they're looking for the future here. They got a couple right. number ones out of this deal. Um, and they got something. They got something for an injured Riley Nash at the time. Okay. I see what well, I see what Yarmo's doing, but man, that was that was tough on everybody to take. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, ahead, let's, move on to, let's move on to Torts. Uh, you know, because there's you know, obviously we all know what happened there, but uh you know, uh, again, rough year, but the the man has done so much for this city, for this team, for this franchise. I mean, his legacy deserves to be talked about forever. Yep. And, you, you know, he comes in 
His first year, he establishes a winning culture pretty much right off the bat, uh, pretty much for the first time since the team's inception. You know, what did you see on a daily basis from when he got there that was one of the, you know, one of the bigger reasons for Torts' success? Uh, I'm setting the bar right here, and everybody's going to reach it. I don't care who you are. I don't care, Ryan Johansson, if you were a first-round pick. You're out of shape, and um, you're not really fitting in here, so guess what? We're shipping you off to Nashville. Get out of here. Yeah. Scott Hartnell got benched. Seth Jones got benched in the last game of the year for a, for a period. I mean, he, he held everybody to that standard. If you're not going to play up here, you're not going to play. Um, and so, I mean, the, the whole thing with uh, PLD last year and the bubble, all of that got a lot of attention because there was a flare-up. But I've, I've seen it before with other high-profile players. When Brandon Sod arrived in Columbus, Torts was on him all the time. And I think – Sauter was not quite used to that because he had come from a system in Chicago or come from a situation in Chicago where he, he didn't have to be the man. He had Kane and Taves there with him. He didn't have to be the man. And he comes to Columbus and Torts is kind of expecting him. You, look, dude, you can be the man. You need to lead this team in scoring. And he wasn't doing it. So I've seen a number of players go through that with him. Cam Atkinson admits, readily admits he went through that with him. And he became a better player because of it, because Torts was on. And he welcomed more and more of that type of stuff. There are any number of players. Michael Delzato talks about what it was like when those two were together in, in New York. And it was tough, man. It was really tough. But – Delzato now says, you know, I, I really appreciate all the torts did for me. So uh, I think that that feeling comes across very clearly uh, with the way torts conducts himself in and around the rink with his players, with us, with the media, you know, for that matter. I mean, we all laugh about the cell phone thing where uh, yeah, cell phone goes off and torts gets mad, but <laughs> it's respect. Um, I'll, I'll tell you guys a story that I haven't told very many people. Uh, first year in the playoffs, um, you know, they have a different media set up in the playoffs, right? So uh, they've been to uh, – I think they were in Washington at that point. They come back home, and, and there's always a little – during the playoffs, there's like coffee and donuts, bagels, that kind of stuff. Right. So uh, there were coffee and donuts, bagels. I grabbed a bagel, and I went over and sat down in the, uh, the media section, and Torts comes in. And I had the bagel in my hand. Contrary to what many people will tell you after I tell you this story, I was not eating the bagel. <laughs> but Torch didn't, didn't like me having that bagel. He didn't like me having that. He didn't like me having that bagel in my hand. Is that an Asiago bagel? It was, it was disrespectful. So, so I asked a couple of questions. He's like, "Yep, yeah, no, oh no." Same lineup, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" So we get done with the media session, right? And one of the PR guys goes, what the hell do you have that bagel for? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was pissing a bagel? It's like, yeah, he, he said we should take all the food out of the media room. And I'm like, oh, my God. You got to <laughs> So, I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, I, I had a bagel in my hand. I shouldn't have had the bagel in my hand. And in Torch's world, it's disrespectful. That's not the way you do it. So, I mean, I, frankly, I would love to see him now and ask him. And he'd be like, I can't believe you eat that effing bagel. What was wrong with you? Maybe, I, oh, maybe I'd answer your question if you didn't have that fucking plain bagel in your hand, Dave. Exactly. Can you just see all – I can see all the other reporters in the room like, Dave, get rid of the bagel. Put the bagel, the bagel away. I don't – you'd have to be a pretty savvy Tortorella expert to know what was going on there. But <laughs> – 
And do, do you remember uh, in Tampa, after they won game two in Tampa, the year that they swept them, yeah. we were in a really tight little room in Tampa, and there were a lot of lights on in there and everything, and Torch is like, good God, who stinks in here? Somebody in here needs a shower. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he just – Dude. He calls it like he sees it. Yeah. This, this is after he comes out of a hockey locker room. <laughs> Come right. on. Yeah. yeah, who stinks that bad? Well, to be honest, somebody did. I mean, it was bad. And towards the go, he, he brought it up. So all of, to answer your question, all of that says that there is a Tortorella standard. He wants you to meet it. And if you're not meeting it, he's going to tell you about it. And, and I personally don't have any problem with that. I have, frankly, I wish more people were like that because he doesn't do it to be mean-spirited. He doesn't do it to just be an asshole. He does it for a reason. He expects this level of accountability. And when he doesn't get it, he'll tell you about it. So to piggyback on this, you know, Chad asked you what he did to kind of set this bar to, to, to change, uh, to change the culture in Columbus, because again, we can all talk about maybe the lack of success this year or whatever. We can talk about, you know, how far have they gotten in the playoffs or whatever before torts, success in Columbus did not go together. Right. So to piggyback, now you get to this year. So I'm interested in knowing the moment that you felt like, oh shit, this is going to be it. This is when was the moment for you as this season went on where you felt like, ah, I think, I think this is going to be it for torts. So they go to Nashville. You probably remember this, Joe, they go to Nashville and Nashville's not playing very well at all. Nashville's below Columbus in the standings. Nashville sucks at the time and they lose both games in Nashville. Yeah. And a lot of people thought, oh, this is it for Torts. He's going to get fired. He's going to come back home. And I, I think they had a game on a Monday or Tuesday. And, okay, he's going to play that. And then you're almost going to fire him. Uh, because that was a moment where they couldn't rise to the occasion and beat a team that was below them in the standings. And uh, that's when I first thought, oh, man, this team, they, they can't find it. They can't find whatever it was that allowed them to crawl back in. And then they have that disaster in Detroit later. Oh. The handwriting was yeah. pretty much on the wall. That one game was on national TV, and you're like, oh, my God, this is hard to watch. And, and we thought, again, there wasn't much time left in the season at that point, but we thought, okay, that's it. He's going to get fired now, and he didn't. But that's when you really, you really knew, okay, something is, something is amiss here. Something's not clicking in that room. Um, and, I, and those are the those are the two series that I remember specifically where I'm like, eh, probably not, boys. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. And, and so, what is it? About, uh, oh, go ahead, Chad. I was say, you know, we talked about the, you know, we we had, you mentioned before, Dave, about you know being honest with ourselves about the talent on the team, and then you know, and this is for me, this is kind of when I started noticing is. When he started changing, it seemed like he started changing lines on the fly. Like he started, um, you know, he, he decided to, he changed goalies every night. But like the one thing that I kind of saw that I went, what do you like kind of what's, what's going on here was it really seemed like when line A and Roslovic first got here, that line A Roslovic and Atkinson line really gelled and really started to, to click. And, you know, when you have a team that like, you, you know, like we said before, let's be honest about the team. Level that's kind of clicking like that. I would think you'd want to keep that to, to, together, wouldn't it? Or is it just? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> like that. That's when I kind of like when, when he broke that up. I just kind of went, why? Why would you do that? They've been they've been scoring, right? And and I think for, for the only explanation I can offer you there is, first of all, he he gets a quick trigger figure. Uh, you know, it can be one bad shift. And it's like that's it. All right, 
switch it up. But okay. Jack wasn't Jack wasn't pleasing coach on the defensive end. He's really struggled okay. trying to find that defensive game and be a true two hundred foot centerman, right? And he's had just some oh some of the turnovers for Jack. I mean, I I really like him. I love the story of the local kid here trying to do uh, trying to do great things and and set an example for Columbus kids. But in Torts' world, that means playing on the defensive end just as soundly and not the dumb turnovers, knowing, you know, situation and time and just taking that puck and dumping it in the corner rather than trying to make a play and bang, it goes off the other way and they score. Uh, So I think that was one of the big reasons. And the other thing is you often heard him talking about um, having conversations with line A and, you know, what, what is, what does Patrick line want to make his situation better to, to make him more comfortable and make him into more of a goal scorer than he wound up being. And I think, I think Patrick line had a lot of influence on that. I'm not saying Patrick line is the guy who said, I don't want to play with Jack and cam, but I think Patrick probably had towards his ear in terms of, well, let's try this out. Or why don't we, uh, why don't we go here? Or, uh, you know, I'm not really uh, comfortable over on right wing, but if you want me to put me, if you want to put me over right. there, that's fine. Yeah. Um, sure. Well, I think I think there was a lot of that going on as well. A lot of a lot of experimenting to try and make Patrick Line as comfortable as they could possibly make him. Keeping in mind also that Torch wanted him to be more of a power forward type player when those opportunities arose. And and I don't know if Patty ever was really hundred percent comfortable with that, but that was something that Torch was trying to trying to get out of his game as well. So it's a fascinating thing that happens with me in sports and it happens, you know, you, you work in hockey, but you, you love sports. You're a sports guy and we see it across all sports platforms. So I'm interested to see what you think about this. Why does this happen? Uh, It happens with coaches, uh, unless you are like a transcendent coach, this happens with coaches in every sport. You've got guys like torts, for example, that come in with success. They build a culture. And then for some reason, Something happens where that doesn't sustain. Part of it has to be that there is a like, look at towards a success. He has one bad year and now he's gone. So part of it is this quick trigger like, hey, you've got to do this all the time. But at the same time, it also feels like there is a it, like things get stale under coaches and it happens all the time. What, what causes that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and, and Torch referenced that in the last week as well, talking about whether a guy is the right fit and whether he's still the right fit, depending upon the changing personnel. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's a motivational thing. I don't know if it's uh, if it's one individual who comes into a room and changes the balance of the room, because for those years, those four straight years that this team made the playoffs, the one thing that I did see uh, because we were allowed in the room at the time, we weren't at all this year, is you could tell that these guys actually liked each other. They got along with each other. They joked went back and forth. There might have been a bad egg here and there. But by and large, it was a room that was pretty tight. And I would see it on the road as well because we stayed in the same hotels. You would see these guys go out as a group. You would go out to a place where a lot of people would go to dinner, and you'd see eight or ten of them out in one place. Uh, there were just a few incidences where – He'd be like, well, that's weird. He, he never goes out with the team. That's, that's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, drinks I almost, on that guy. I almost <laughs> said a name and I'm like, no, I probably shouldn't. It was a tight group, you know? And, um, and so when that exists, I think they play together and play for one another. When it doesn't exist, as Torts has kind of hinted, it didn't exist really this year. 
then they don't necessarily play for, for one another. They don't necessarily make that extra hit. They don't uh, win the board battle and try to get the puck to their buddy because they know he's in a spot to score. You know, they just, for whatever reason, it doesn't click. Uh, and, the, and listen, I think, I do think the coaches have shelf lives, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, in football, people said playing for Urban Meyer just got to be a grind after a while because yeah. Urban Meyer just everything. I need everything out of you every second, in season, off season. After a while, that just wears guys down. You can't do it twenty four seven like he demands that you do. So I think that's a big part of it too. Is is after a while, especially if it's a real demanding coach, you're just like, oh god, I got to tune this out for a while. And go play golf. Yes. 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 Uh, So we'll just ask you, you know, again, uh, not saying if you did have any insider information, uh, don't, you know, we're not asking you to divulge anything, but there's names out there. Yeah. Uh, So, so, you know, if, if, if you were throwing out a couple names of people that you thought, ah, that guy would be a pretty good fit to be the next coach of the blue jackets. What kind of names come into your mind? Yeah. And I don't have any insider information, so don't put uh, a whole lot of stuff in this, but um, if you want a guy who's going to be a tack, a taskmaster and a guy who is uh, cut from a similar cloth in terms of demands on his team and really kind of, you know, my way or the highway, Bruce Boudreaux is, is a number one, kind of guy like that. He's yep. not a player's coach necessarily. He is a demanding guy who has had some levels of success everywhere that he's gone and, and a former player and a guy who knows how it works. Right. Uh, so that's, that's a guy who, who I would put up there. Uh, I love Gerard Gallant uh, because I think he's kind of beaten the odds after he coached here. And then he went to Florida and Florida said, Hey, Hey, thanks man. See you later. Oh, really? You're going to get rid of me now. You're going to get rid of me now on Jack Adams. What are you going to get rid of me now? Okay. I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to go all the way to the finals. Ah, take that. Right. So yeah. I'd love to see that happen, but a lot of people have Gallant going to Seattle to, uh, to coach the Kraken. Uh, so those are, those are two established names that I could see maybe being considered here. There are any number of guys with uh, blue jackets connections, uh, Paul McClain is one. Manny Malhotra is one. Luke Richardson is one. Derek McKenzie is one. Uh, Kevin Deneen is one. Yep. Um, there's there's a lot of guys who are in the coaching. Ryan Craig, who was uh, with the Monsters, right, and uh, now is behind the bench as an assistant with with Vegas. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to go that direction because I don't think any of those guys. Maybe Deneen has had just a sniff behind the bench as a head coach uh, in the NHL. Uh, a good, good question here from, uh, from Matt, uh, Brad Shaw, who a lot of people thought was going to leave eventually and become a head coach in the NHL. Uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if Yarmo wants, because uh, he was asked pretty specifically, uh, are Brad Larson and Brad Shaw going to be given consideration? Well, we haven't really had that conversation yet, which was kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the players like Brad Shaw a lot. But do they want to go a completely different direction and start fresh and not have uh, any of those assistant coaches around? I don't know. Uh, but there's, there's a number of names out there for sure. I saw somebody bring up you heard, Mike You Pavka. heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Bruce Boudreau, Dave Eitzold says, Bruce Boudreau is going to be the next coach yeah. of the Jackets. Let's yeah. go! Insider Let's go. information, go. breaking Insider news. information. He spent some time with the Minnesota Wild, which means he's had a grain belter, too, as well. Oh, hey, Dave. yeah, okay. Dave, are you still on you your first beer? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to call you out, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. I've been talking a lot. So if you're going to get a grain belt and you want to go to a darker bill, you go to the grain belt Northeast right there. Oh, oh yeah. That looks beautiful. Nice. Look at that. I don't know. See, now I'm thinking. I guess I got to finish the first one. I've been trying to. I've been trying to figure out. They, they just released the uh, the Browns. The NFL schedule came out tonight. Well, that and the Browns are going to play the Vikings in Minnesota. Yeah, and that's the one I've had circled. I'm going to go see the new stadium. I haven't been up there in forever, so now I know. I know the beers. If I do end up making that trip, I know the beers I'm looking for. Well, if you want a local one, that's a good one. That's yeah. the one. That's yeah. That's no what question. I want. No question. Yeah, Joe, we going? I'm in. All right, good. Chad, you can come too. Oh, thanks, yeah. guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, somebody threw out uh, uh, somebody threw out Mike Babcock, uh, his name in the coaching search, and I just think I don't. Uh, he's got a little baggage. He's got to work through those boys, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not a players coach. He's not let's a players just, coach. Let's just play the hypothetical. Hey, uh, hey, Seth, come on in here, man. Hey, Seth, come on in. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Babcock be your coach. Oh, no. uh, and now here's this. Here's our ten-year contract for forty million dollars a year. You're going to sign. Jones is going to be like, nope, I am not signing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys remember what uh, you guys remember what Miko Koivu did to you guys? See, yeah. a- right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't see Babcock as as no. a. a it's a little too fresh, right? Because what what will players do? Hey, Babcock's my coach. Oh my god! Did you hear what he did to Mitch Marner? Are you uh-huh. kidding me? No, yeah. no. All right, so here yeah. we are. We're in the off season. Tortorella's gone. They are in process of figuring out what they're going to do. Uh, luckily, the one thing the Blue Jackets have going for them is the the faith in Yarmo is is uh, tremendous with with fans, with media, with everybody because he's he's done so uh, 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 so many good things for the team. So we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. We did have one more question. Any Gronberg whispers? Uh, that is another name that is out there for sure. And, and, and I mean, now you start talking about which direction does Yarmo want to go? Right. And he's holding his cards very close to his vest. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to give us any, uh, any hints one way or the other, but that obviously is a name that would, uh, raise some eyebrows for, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who the hell knows. Right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so let's get to the other uh, side of the just, just oh, go ahead, Chad. Just talking about uh, just uh, to, uh, another question about Yarmo, real quick. Dave, you know, he just got named as the assistant GM of Team yeah, Finland. For Finland. Is that going yeah. to interfere at all with his Blue Jacket duties, or how does that inter- intertwine? Well, I'm sure that they'll do a lot of that work over the summer, obviously, you know, as they try to put their team together. Uh, and then obviously the Olympic break would be a couple of weeks and he'll go over there. But I, I would imagine there'll be any number of Blue Jackets who will also be representing their, okay. their countries over there. Right. So sure. everybody takes that time and goes and uh, does their their national thing. I'd, I'd be surprised if uh, if Elvis isn't the Latvian goaltender. Right. Yeah, I mean, sure. He, sure. He'd have to go. Uh what do you got? You got Bjorkstrand with Denmark. You got uh, Alexander Texier with France. You got uh, any number of guys who could play for uh, for Russia, right? 
So I'm just trying to think of I'm trying to think of other Latvian goaltenders that could be going. <laughs> you know those Latvian goaltenders. Matisse Lennox. Yeah, there you go. I love it. There you go. Right. I love it. Uh, so let's go to the we we kind of talked about the the hard part of the trade deadline, right? The sad part of the trade deadline. You're losing these familiar faces. You're losing these fan favorite faces. Let's go to this other side because. After that kind of shock of like, holy shit, Nick Foligno doesn't play for the Blue Jackets anymore, wore off, you kind of looked and you went, wait, do we have three first round picks now? Like, did he just pull for, did he just trade two guys on expiring contracts for first round picks? Like, I think that was one of the, for a team that is selling, it was one of the great performances in getting rid of players that, again, you're not talking about. I love Nick Foligno, but we're not talking about Wayne Gretzky. You know, we're, we're he's a good player. He is a meaningful player to a team, and he brings a lot to a team. But, like, pulling first-round picks for two guys on expiring contracts is fantastic. So it's the most fascinating part of the offseason for me. Yarmo said a lot. He uses the word reload. He is not using the word rebuild. He uses the word reload, and everybody notices. What would you say? I said it's a rebuild. Oh, you say yeah. it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. Do you think? Yes, it's a rebuild. Okay, so are they going to draft three players in the first round? No. No, I think they'll package uh, at least one. of. I think they'll take whatever pick they get, whatever pick they earn themselves, because that'll obviously be the best one, the best opportunity to to put a, a quality player on the roster, probably not next year, but two years from now. Uh, but but they have such a need, um, in, you know, up through center ice, obviously. Uh, yeah. So Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel clearly made it pretty obvious that he doesn't want to be with the Buffalo Sabres anymore. So do they package up? A goaltender and uh, two of those picks, um, and I don't know. I mean, people hear all kinds of rumors about Zach Wierenski. You throw Zach Wierenski. What do you what do you package up to send to Buffalo to get Jack Eichel back here? If you want to get uh, if you want to get a established centerman, and oh by the way, you got to make sure he's healthy before you get him down here because apparently he's going to have a disc replaced in his neck. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't know if yeah. I'm going to mess with that. What would you what would you send though? What would you send for Jack Eichel, assuming he was gonna be healthy? Uh, you could probably send both of those first round picks and a uh and a goaltender. I I, I personally am a big fan of keeping Elvis around, so Corpy. Uh and God, I don't know if I wanna I don't know if I want to give up Zach Warinsky or not. I, I I think that one could come back to haunt you. Are you just saying that because your wife, you don't want your I, wife getting mad at you? I, I was going to no, say, no. Even, <laughs> even the risk of your wife leaving you, Dave. You want Elvis around? I do want Listen, we can divert out of that path anytime you want because I, I think Elvis is everything this franchise and this town needs. I mean, I, yeah. I really do. I mean, they need a guy – who can be the face of the franchise, who has no problem being out there doing endorsements and all that kind of stuff and being the guy and just soaking in the fact that he could be the guy. I mean, people love the stuff. The little faux hug that he did the last couple games, people love that. They ate it up. The fact that he went over to Torch in the last game that he played and said, look, I don't want you to be mad at me, but I'm going to try to score. So don't be mad. <laughs> if they score in any time of game and we lose, I don't want you to be pissed. I mean, that's so, that's just, that's from a marketing standpoint, I want to keep all this around. 
Yeah. Um, and he's a damn good goaltender as well. So. But, the, but the truth of the matter is one of these guys is going to go. They're both, they're go. both free agents after next year. Right. One and, of them is going to go. And both of them deserve to be a number one goaltender. And at this point, I mean, the, the most disappointing part about, about those guys not playing very well this, this season was it diminishes their trade value a little bit, right? Right. It takes right. it down a little bit where you want to get a maximum return from one of those guys. Um, so that's, that's, that's the downside of them not playing as well as they could have played this year. Um, I feel like we're way down a rabbit hole that we didn't start down, but uh, that's fine. Let's go. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I enjoy the rabbit holes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, so you say it's a rebuild, but let's say they package two, let's say they put two first rounders in a deal with a goalie, ship them off to Buffalo and Jack, Jack Eichel comes back. Right. Is it still a rebuild? So then you got Eichel and you got line a, and then you got who cam that'd be a pretty strong line. And the reason I say it's a rebuild is because we're, I mean, where else do you go after that? All right. Hey, we got a great top line. Then who's your second one? You got uh, maybe Roslovic with Bjorkstrand. Does Eric Robinson, does, does he earn himself a top six spot with the way he came on there at the end? I don't know. Liam Foody? Is Liam Foody ready to take that NHL jump? Um, maybe. Maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, would, I would love it if he would, but I, I don't know if he's ready to make that move yet. You know, so – I, I just – I don't see a team next year that with one good centerman is all of a sudden a, a Stanley Cup contender ready to go after the light. I mean, if everything goes back to normal next year and they go back to the Metro, how would you like to be facing the uh, the New York Rangers next year? How would you like to be facing – I know, I know uh, Pittsburgh's getting a little bit older and Crosby's going to be older and Carter's going to be older and Walken's going to be older. They're all going to be a little bit older. But that doesn't mean the division isn't tough. Carolina obviously has proven that, whoa, yeah. okay, they're for real. Yeah, they're they're going to be good for a long time. They're not going anywhere, right? Right. So, I yeah, don't know. Okay. You, do you put them, like, are they one player away from being a better team than they were when they made uh, four straight postseason appearances? And are you satisfied with that level where in those four years you only won one series? No. I don't know. Probably not, right? Like the Cleveland Indians? No, I'm yeah. not satisfied with that. Uh, it, it is interesting though because it also assumes I like. It also assumes I don't know that they're as bad as they were this year either. Like, I, I think everything went so south, so hard with the Blue Jackets this year. And I know we've talked a lot about are these guys have these guys proven long enough that they are talented enough? And at the same time, I don't. I, I, I just find it very hard to believe. I think there are guys out there that have so much of that potential to be good that they just didn't do it this year. But in any case, Dave, if, okay, this offseason, what's the roadmap? Like for you, if you're laying out a roadmap for what, just for what Dave wants to see this team do, because it may not be Jack Eichel. It may be, it may be something different. It may be something that's good for this team three, four, five years down the road. Yeah. What What do you want this offseason to look like? Well, first of all, you say three, four, five years down the road to a season ticket holder. Oh, uh, yeah. I, hey, listen, right. I know. <laughs> right. There's, there's no – I mean, I have, a, I have a good friend who's one of my neighbors, and he used to be a season ticket holder with the Blue Jackets, and he bailed out, and he's like and, – and, and we're always banging on each other because he's a huge Buckeye fan. And I'm like, 
look, man, you got to give, you got to, you got to be something else besides a Buckeye fan. It's like, I tried, I tried. They don't win. They don't win anything. Here's what I want. I want whatever roadmap allows this organization and this city to feel what it's like to have a real contender. That's what I want. That's what I want because they have been to the playoffs. Yeah, they've been there. They've been there six times. They've won one series. There's no banners hanging in Nationwide Arena. The next jersey that's going to be retired there is going to be the first one after 20 years, and it's going to be Rick Nash, and it should be Rick Nash. There's nothing hanging in the rafters, nothing. Um, My friend Aaron Portsline from The Athletic coined a phrase years ago, which is still true, sadly, today. There is no reservoir of trust. There's no reservoir of trust. The Browns, when they sucked, they could at least go back to Otto Graham for God's sake. We were good once. Right? We did it. The Indians could go back to Bob Feller because I know your team has never won a World Series in your lifetimes like mine has. Uh, they could at least go back okay. to 48. Right? Right. Jeez. But, but you Sorry, know what I'm saying? Little boomer. Sorry, little boomer. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, but, but there's there's no reservoir of trust. There's there's nothing you can go back to, and except for now they can go. Well, remember that year we beat Tampa? Yeah. Yikes. There's no banner hanging because of that. There's there's nothing. Yeah, they beat Tampa. It was great. It was one of the greatest upsets in postseason hockey history. There's no banner for that. They didn't get anything for that. They've never won a division. They've never win something. Because this town is craving that. Give me a T-shirt that says Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, uh, Metro Division champions. That'd be great. Doesn't exist. Doesn't I don't exist. even think you could. I don't even think you could fit that on a banner. Like, remember that one time that we went down to Tampa and won three to nothing, and won hey, listen, four to nothing in a series banner. Listen, if anybody knows how to put that on a banner, it's Joe as a Nashville Predators fan because yeah. that team hangs banners. They're like, remember, we won a game on September 17th. That was great. Oh, they, yeah. They don't even have to play the king of day. banners for, like, participation. Hey, oh, he yeah. He's selling Matt Pfeffer short. Pfeffer could come up with a T-shirt for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right. True. All right, Pfeffer, if you're still on with us, here's what we need. We need a banner T-shirt. Remember <laughs> that time we beat Tampa. I don't think that's going to be your top seller. <laughs> that that going to be the top seller. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, yeah, it's you know what it's. I don't know. It, it's it's uh, you can you can look at both sides, right? You can look at Dave, kind of what you were saying. Are these guys what we? Oh, there's Matt. Done. Uh, <laughs> when he says that, he means it. So it'll I know he does. Well. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Uh, yeah, it, it can go so many different ways, but there is that. It's like that glimmer of hope that there is potential that this one offseason, because of all the ammunition that they have built up in this offseason, because Yarmo did well at the trade deadline, could produce, even if it's not a guy like maybe Jack Eichel, where you got to trade everything for one guy, they could maybe trade a couple things for a couple guys. Now you have a deeper team, a better team. I think yeah. there's a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope uh, that uh, that this team can turn it around. I mean, you still have, again, you still have good goalie situation, uh, you still have you still have guys that know how to play good defense. Hopefully, they can get back to it. Uh, so get some guys that can put the puck in the net, and I think I think it could turn around pretty quick. Yeah, so you, you absolutely have to have goal scoring. 
And you absolutely have you like I, I think it's great. It's a great storyline at all. Youngest team in the league, youngest team in the league, youngest how long do you want to be the youngest team in the league? You don't yes. want to be the youngest team in the league more than like right. two or three years in a row. And they were fine as the youngest team in the league. Now be a veteran team that wins a couple of rounds and, and really sets this town on its ear in a way that it never, it's never experienced it before. Um, I, I mentioned my buddy is a big Buckeye fan. I, I have been here since 1994 and I've covered a lot of Ohio state football and I have great respect for Ohio state football and what it means in the entire state and specifically here. But it's a big town. Now we're a big city. We're, a, we're yeah. the biggest city in Ohio. Let's act like a major league city and yes, have Ohio state football, not banging on Ohio state football in any way, shape or form, but let's have a major league team a big four team that does something, not a big four team that plays second fiddle to the college football team year after year after year. Let's have a big four team that does something, win something, go to a conference final, do something that makes people go, Oh man, Ohio State just got that linebacker out of Springfield. He's going to be good. <laughs> I mean, Get me all fired up, Dave. June, who cares? Give me something else. Recruit 26 late in the nation. <laughs> Dave, you're getting me. Uh, Dave, I'm going to run through a wall. You're getting This is my. Uh, sometimes Joe gets mad at me because I can be a little hypercritical of our Cleveland Indians up here because it's the same damn thing. Hey, we went to the World Series in 2016. That was cool. You didn't win it. So. So. Eh? Close, they were so close, but it's the same kind. Like, I'm listening to you talking. I'm like, but but that's the only season they advanced past the divisional round. Yeah. That's the only season. So they've made the playoffs a bunch. They just haven't won anything. Yeah. Uh, it's the same concept up here as it is with the Blue Jackets. And, and you're right. Ultimately, I love the reservoir of, of trust that you were talking about. I've never phrased it that way in my own head, but that is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a problem up here with the Indians. Why do they have trouble selling tickets when they're good? Because there's no that that like you said, the World Series, the last win was in 1948. There's no reservoir of trust uh, right now with the team. And, and I think it's the same with the Blue Jackets. Uh, Chad, what do you got? I was going to say I, I, <laughs> I was going to try to start talking early because I know I might be on a little bit of a delay. So I was trying to like, <laughs> <time it. laughs> you're, just, you're just in your own world over there. Chad. <laughs> I, like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, uh, what to do with my hands. Raise your hand. Right. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, so now, Dave, you, you know, you just talked about, you know, becoming that veteran team. Well, historically, you know, Columbus hasn't seemed to be a, a, a free agent destination or, or a veteran guy type destination. So maybe yeah. would an acquisition of Jack Eichel be that attraction or, or how does Columbus turn into that destination for someone? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. And I, and I don't think it's easily answered. And, and some of it is just, is just plain uh, because of where Columbus is and what Columbus is. It's, it's not Miami beach. It's not New York. It's not Chicago. It's not LA. It's not Denver. It's just not. Uh, And, and that doesn't mean it's bad. But if you're 22 years old and you got a couple million dollars in your bank account and you're single and you want to go someplace and really enjoy it, Columbus, Ohio is not necessarily top on your list. If you're 28, 
you still got a couple million dollars in your pocket, but you've also got a couple of kids and a wife and a yeah. need. To, I need to buy a big house and settle down like like a Cam Atkinson or like Nick has done or like Brandon Dubinsky did or like Scott Hartnell did for a, for a while. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But I have been lucky enough, guys, to be all around the NHL. I've been in every NHL city, and people always ask me, hey, so what's your favorite? What's, what's your favorite city? Columbus is not... Columbus is not my favorite city. I live here, but it's not my favorite city. There are yeah. 10 other cities that I can't wait to get to. And we're all humans. We all, we all love the ocean. We all love big buildings. We all love the capability to, you know, drive to the mountains if you live in Denver, whatever it may be. And Columbus doesn't have that, that destination appeal, right? Right. So what's the answer, boys? Win. Back the tape up five minutes. Win something. <laughs> Right. Win something, make it a destination. Make I, I'm sure that kids who can choose any college in America, again, going back to the Buckeyes, kids who can choose any college in America don't say, man, I can't wait to get to Columbus, Ohio. No, they want to go play for a winning culture, a traditional winning culture. That's the draw to coming to Columbus, Ohio. And the Blue Jackets need to find a way to get there quickly so that they can have that be part of the draw for free agent. Yep. You know? It's the it's the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. Nobody, nobody cares about Kansas City, but anybody wants to go play there right now. So Heck yeah, heck yeah. I mean, Raleigh, North Carolina. Are you kidding me? Who who would want to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, and play for the Carolina Hurricanes? Oh, what they won a cup. Oh, okay, they won a cup. A oh, Rod Brendamore. Okay, I like Rod. Brendamore. All right, now they've yeah. got reasons yeah. to come there. And Nashville. Not that long ago, before Nashville became Hollywood, Tennessee. <laughs> that wasn't a desirable place to go. Now, don't remind me. Everybody, <laughs> right? I mean, I love it. I yeah, go to yeah. the beach in Nashville and I feel old. I'm like, I can't be hanging out with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing Hell is this? Oh my god! And I love Ch- Chad on his delay. Chad's over there, like, hell. Anyways, guys, my garage beer this week is. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so uh, we want to do. Before you out of here, we want to do a little lightning round uh, because we can't forget that it's playoff time. And even though uh, <laughs> Matt thinks you need to preach a sermon on this subject to all of the 614. Okay. Uh, so that's your new job because Matt said so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we want to do a little lightning round. Even though our, our Blue Jackets are not in the playoffs, the playoffs are getting ready to start one of these days, I suppose. Uh, the 19th, I think, is the day that everybody kind of has their wait for Vancouver to finish their schedule. Which <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> just, let's just wait for Vancouver to play out their game because they didn't play in the first month of the season. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so so we want to do a little lightning round. So the, the playoff picture is fairly clear at this point until you get out west. Uh, but we're, we're just going to kind of go as it sits right now. Yeah. And let's just do a lightning round of the playoffs of the way each of the first round matchups, and you can just give us a quick lightning round view of how you think those matchups are going to go uh, as we prepare for uh, pretty much anybody that knows anything about hockey will always say the best playoffs in, in any of sports, the no Stanley question. cup playoffs. No question. So, so let's start in the central. Let's start with Joe's team uh, down there in Nashville, the predators, they squeak into the playoffs <laughs> and they're, they're, their gift for making the playoffs is the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, we will get another banner though. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. That's true. Hey, banner, from here, guys. Very true. Hey, Joe, you know what they call that? They call that a participant banner. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we are, they are 
Yeah, decorated. We do we do necklaces instead of rings, though. There you go, man. That is your future participant. Blue Jackets participant, 2019. Dave, I still I still have a picture on my phone uh, when the Penguins were playing, uh, and I grew up a Penguins fan. And I don't talk about that a lot on here too much because, again, we love the Blue Jackets. And, and frankly, it took being on this podcast for me to kind of get into the Blue Jackets because I grew up a Penguins fan. Yeah. But the Pens played the Predators in the Stanley Cup final uh, several years ago. And I still have a picture on my phone. It's my favorite picture that I have. NBC cut to Predators watch party. Well, at this point, the Penguins were already like game in hand winning the game. It was like a half an hour after the game. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was like in the third period, but the game was like over. Oh. And it cuts to Predators watch party. And it's a street in Nashville that's like all closed off. And there's Don't just three. Tell them, Joe, that's Broadway. that's Broadway. And there's just three people Don't sitting in a chair idiot, and nobody else out there. Just nobody else out there. <laughs> Predators watch party, three people in a chair. It's the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> Anyways, Carolina, Nashville. What are your thoughts on that one? Carolina. Carolina's uh, really, I think, established themselves as not just a good team in the division, but a team that can actually win the whole thing. Right? And Because it, it starts with goaltending, comes right all the way out to, uh, to their ability to score and score a lot. So uh, I think I think Carolina's going to come out of the central, to be quite honest, of the central. Yeah, it is the central. Yeah, it is I almost, central. I almost went yeah. back to the metro for a minute. I'm like, no, right. central. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Florida, Florida and Tampa Bay should be fun to watch, Dave. I mean, there's already, there's already that, bad blood going on. That might be the best series of all, right? And and uh, Tampa's going to get uh, going to get Stamkos back. They're going to get Kovalchuk or Kovalchuk back. They're going to get. Um, God, I'm brain farting. Anyway, they're going to get their Kucherov, two big- Kucherov, Kucherov, Kucherov. There it is. They're going to get Kucherov back, um, and and you, they've got Vasilevsky. So he's probably the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. So you get your two two really big guns up front, and then Victor Hedman on the blue line. I mean, so Tampa Bay, Carolina in the Central Division uh, final, right? Yeah, and then sure. then that's gonna be a bloodbath too. Love it. Yeah, that jet. Well, I mean, but Florida's gonna be an easy team, especially for some Columbus people to root for. I mean, there's so many Columbus connections to Florida, and uh, even even here in Cleveland, friend of the podcast, Chad's buddy Doug Plagans down there that does does the games for yeah. the Florida Panthers. Yep. Uh, yeah. uh, he he made an appearance with us this year. Uh, it'll be re- that. I think that's gonna be a really interesting series, Florida. It's the most forgotten about team in the NHL, always, even when they're good. Uh, but it's cool to see them good. One thing, though, one thing, though, Sergei Bobrovsky in net for Florida in the yeah. playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Against Vasilevsky. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's the battle of Russians. And does Bob I- crumble or does he rise to the occasion? That is what you got to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's go. All right. Bring it to the East. The Pittsburgh Penguins. And. Uh, their boy Jeff Carter, who just, just, uh, it's an incredible like uh, RA from. Uh, if you know anything about the Spit and Chicklets podcast, we had RA on. He, he said that when they when they brought Jeff into the Penguins, he was like, "This is that guy that's going to score like 14 goals in the playoffs." Yeah. Like, it's just how this is going to go. Hey, so, he's done it already. I mean, he's already had a hat trick for him too. So. It's crazy. Uh, so Pittsburgh is going to go up against the Islanders. How are you feeling about that? Uh, actually, I would have if you would have asked me. A month ago, I would have taken the Islanders mm-hmm. because I like Barry Trotz a lot, and mm-hmm. I really like him in the postseason as a coach. Um, but Pittsburgh has found something here in the last couple of weeks where it's like, whoa, and maybe it's Carter. 
but they have a lot of really uh, serious firepower up front. And again, great goaltending, right? Which when you come to the postseason, that's what it takes to keep you in not just a 4-3 game, but a one nothing game or an overtime game that goes four overtimes, right? So right. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh here. All right. Also in the East, the Caps and the Bruins. What a series. That Ooh. is shaping up to be the Caps and the Bruins going at each other. And who doesn't want somebody to take out Tom Wilson? Anybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. I'm not saying that, like, if you're a Blue Jackets fan and you hate Tom Wilson for what he did to Alexander Wenberg, you know, going back three or four years, you, you have any number of reasons for wanting to hate Tom Wilson. But if you got Tom Wilson on your team, you'd be like, yeah, where do I go get that jersey? Because everybody <laughs> wants a guy like that, right? So it's going to be so much fun to just to watch that dynamic and how physical that series will be. Uh, you know, you got you got um, you got uh, Bergeron, not Bergeron, you got Brad Marchand, who can give it to you for with every bit the amount of fervor that a Tom Wilson can. So you got two of the most hated but respected at the same time guys. On, on each one of these teams, and they're just going to be going at it with each other. It's going to be fantastic. Chara with a chance to take his old team out of the playoffs. Love it. Fantastic. There's so many great storylines there. So many. How weird How weird was it to see him in a different uniform? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. But so weird. Best, best picture of all time of Chara was last year in the, one of those exhibition games in the bubble where they had Nathan Gerby. Uh, Chara. <laughs> 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 not two little buddies right here. <laughs> it's uh, I love that you said just get somebody to take Tom Will. I'm like, we need like Tanya Harding and Jeff Galuli to plan attacks Why? on Tom Wilson's knees. <laughs> Where's Jeff Galuli when you need him? Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take it to my favorite thing that's happened in hockey in forever, which is the North Division. And the reason I like, I just don't want it to even go back to the way it was because I just want the North division to just be the North division okay. for the rest of time. Uh, Nick Foligno and the Maple Leafs, uh, a phenomenal year for the Maple Leafs. They've got the Canadians in the first round. How are you feeling about that? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm a big Josh Anderson, Anderson fan. Uh, so I would love to see the Canadians take Toronto out, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, I, I just think, Again, Toronto's got too much firepower. I think the addition of Nick Foligno, I mean, we talked about uh, Yarmo getting those number ones uh, and, and why he was able to get a number one out of Toronto because Nick Foligno was exactly what Toronto needed. Yep. They needed a guy who could play third or fourth line minutes and just be that physical guy who can wear the other teams down and then let their goal scorers score goals. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, that's what Nick Foligno does best. Nick Foligno's, uh, although he has done it, He's not a 20, 25 goal guy. Right. He's a third line grinder who's going to fight for you every once in a while. And I think he has made a difference. He's back in the lineup again for them tonight. And I think he is going to be one of the reasons why Toronto could make a deep run because we all know they've got Marner and we all know they've got Austin Matthews. We all know they can score goals. But can they play that physical style of game that they couldn't play against the Blue Jackets last year in a bubble, for example? Uh, can they play that style of game and make a deep run? I, I think they can. Uh, and I, I've got them coming out of the North as well. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think Toronto takes takes Montreal out for sure. Now, Toronto's a team that's been snake-bitten pretty much uh, for a while in the right? playoffs, Dave. You know, you know, is, was, was Felino the missing piece? Because it always seemed like it was that 
it was that grind you out, wear you down type guy they were missing. But it's also goaltending. Is uh, goaltending is huge for them. Yeah, huge for them. And, and yeah. that, but but Toronto's a team that can outscore you. Toronto can win a seven six game. Toronto can win a five two game. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, so th- that's something that we don't we don't see here. <laughs> <laughs> don't we? No, we don't. Seven to one sometimes. Yeah, I know uh, that nothing game against Montreal too. Hey, Dave, are we gonna are we gonna see Nick Foligno back in a Blue Jackets? Hey, he's, he's only gonna, listen. He's only gonna go one of two places in my estimation. He's either gonna go to Minnesota and play with his brother, or he's going to uh, he's gonna come back here. Okay, I love that. Uh, okay. I, I, I will tell you. Some, here's a little inside story about Nick Nick Foligno and me. Uh, I've known Nick uh, for you know, gosh, before he came here. And so I always, when a guy leaves town, I always just send him a quick text. Hey, man, good luck in fill in the blank. It was a pleasure. Really enjoyed working with you. I even sent one to Torts, and Torts, Torts responded, which was great. So I sent one to Nick. That freaking bagel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better not have a bagel in your head while you're tapping on this thing. Torts, t- torts uh, bagels and coffee on me, buddy. Bagels and coffee on me. <laughs> Uh, so I sent one to Nick and he didn't text me back. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, he's busy. He's moving to Toronto, all that kind of stuff. Two days later, I get this text. That's like four paragraphs long. Like, oh, that's wow. And, uh, Nick says uh, at the end of it, he goes, uh, you know, I, it was great uh, meeting people like you when we were in town and, uh, I got a feeling we'll see each other again real soon. I swear to God, if you, I swear to God, if you go start covering the Minnesota Wild, I'm going to be pissed. That's the whole deal. I could go back home and all the free grain belts I want, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. First, it's Bruce Boudreaux. You break that news, Dave. Now you're breaking more news with Nick Bellino. <laughs> oh, Plus two equals <laughs> four. Got it. Just saying. Yeah. Just yeah. Hey, hey, Pfeffer, if you're still listening, the area code in Minneapolis is 612. So if you could give me a couple of those, maybe that'd be cool. Oh, that's so easy, too. It's an easy that's, switch. That's a, that's that's a quick switch in the, in, the, in the print. It's easy. Um, so anyway, I, I, would it be great to have him back? Absolutely. Is it a yeah. done deal? I don't necessarily think it's a done deal because if Minnesota comes calling and says, hey, Nick, you want to come and play with your brother? How does he turn that down? Right? right, right. How does it turn that down? I don't know. Except for that, he loves competing against his brother. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right, staying in the north, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Edmonton. Uh, it's just too much firepower again. And uh, Edmonton, Toronto in the final will be a great. I keep saying final in that little divisional final yeah. round will be a great matchup. But again, I think Toronto comes out of there. All right. So let's go to the West. And again, like I said, and here's Matt's comment to you, by the way. I don't know if you're just ignoring it or. on poo. <laughs> it's clever. After all I've done for you. Oh, oh no. MBZ t shirt on the air and caught endless amounts of crap for it. Probably. <laughs> well, I'm going to take it down. I don't want to cause a fight. We're not causing fights here on the Garage Beers podcast. Uh, unless you have anything to say about Sidney Crosby, and then we can we can cause fights. Uh, oh, I'll back you up. What'd you say? Did you say Cindy Crosby? Oh, oh, oh look out! Uh, all right. So I'll as it sits up, right I'll now, back <laughs> as it sits right now, the West, Vegas and St. Louis. Uh, Vegas, uh, I, Vegas, I think may come out and uh, be your representative in the in the uh, Stanley Cup final. I mean, wow. they're they're good. 
They're good, but here comes my dark horse pick. Go. Here comes Colorado, Minnesota. Minnesota's going to take them out. You think? Uh, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov Ooh. is going. I mean, he's already made a name for himself as a rookie. Probably win the Calder, but watch him in the playoffs, man. He could be the difference. And I know Colorado's got Nathan McKinnon. They got they. They're just loaded. But uh, that's my upset right there. Maybe it's my heart speaking. Uh, but I like Minnesota to, to uh, pull the uh, first round upset over Colorado. Boom. Stanley Cup playoffs starting on a date to be announced by the NHL in the near future. Uh, that's what we know. Again, like you said, as soon as Vancouver decides they're going to finish their season. Uh, but yeah, guys, anything else before we uh, we let Dave out of here? No, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Yeah, well, this takes so long. I, I enjoy this better than my regular job. Let's go. Well, you again, as, we, as we've said, we will call you back because we love having you on. We love having all the guys. We've had uh, so many awesome guests from the Blue Jackets, you included. We really appreciate your time. Dave Metzel, if you want to find him, what was it? D Metz Media on, uh, on Twitter. You can go find him on Twitter. He's on the Bally, uh, the Bally Sports Network. I always want to say Bally Up because of Bally Up. I am losing my <laughs> mind. Bally Up to the bar, man. That's going to be our new marketing slogan. No, Bally no, no. Up to the bar? It's not going to be our new marketing slogan. I know as soon as I say that, I'm going to get somebody's going to call. Why did you say that? I just. What'd you do? I just. It just happened, okay? It just happened. Right. Uh, Dave, it was awesome. We had a great time. Uh, again, I, I wish we were talking under better circumstances, previewing the playoffs for the Blue Jackets, but we're not. Yep. Uh, and in any case, uh, teams got to go through years like this every once in a while. So uh, hopefully they can turn it around and we can be talking about how we excited we are for next season. Uh, and we'll, we'll catch you back on before then. Otherwise, hit them straight on the golf course. Drink a lot of those Minnesota beers. Yep. And uh, um, if, again, sincerely, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely happy to do it now. Does anybody remember the name of our game producer? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Hey, hey, Dave, Dave. Dave. No, no free ads. No free ads. No <laughs> free ads for Joe Whalen. Not, <laughs> not, not fat Joe Whalen. The skinny Joe Whalen. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right dave thank you so much we'll talk to you again sounds good guys all right boys again we're still live uh, our, we're our, still our sincere our sincere thanks dave metzel from uh bally sports he is the ringside reporter for the columbus blue jackets man what a good time oh hey chad turn off the camera if you're heading to the bathroom uh uh what a good time <laughs> that was with dave what a great guest he is and you better believe uh, just like all of our guests from the, I feel like every time we have a, a guest from the blue jackets on, we just have a great time. Uh, so our thanks to the blue jackets and to Dave uh, for, for always having a good time. I wish it was more fun of a conversation, especially when talking about this season, right boys? Like there's nothing fun to talk. I was making the notes for this no. episode. No, I was making the notes for this episode. There's nothing fun to talk about. You'd be kind of optimistic about the coach search, but if you're like reflecting on the season as a whole, it's like, oh, ooh, bad story, bad story, bad story. I went to the stats page on NHL, and they are bottom three or four in everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything. yeah. It's making you me know want it's to bad. drink four. Yeah, it's making me want to drink four to ten more beers at least. You know it's bad when you're looking at the stats and you're looking at like the rankings in the NHL, whether it's goalies or point scores or whatever, and it's always like you're in like 50. That means like right. every team has like almost almost every team has two players better than the one you have starting. 
(laughs) It's a rough year. And, and listen, I appreciate one thing I appreciate about what Dave did there. He was very honest. Yeah. Yeah. Little boomer Uh, minus 50 gold differential. That's all. Hey, 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 little boomer. That's also not fun to talk about. (laughs) That's not great. Uh, uh, One of the things I appreciate about Dave boys, uh, super honest, right? Like he, you know, Yarmo comes out and he's like, we're not reloading. We're rebuilding. Dave's like, yeah, they're rebuilding. We're not rebuilding. We're reloading. Dave's like, yeah, they're rebuilding. (laughs) Like it's rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but yeah, anyways, I mean, we're going mean, to see. It gives we'll you see. a reason to get excited. It's trying to give you a reason to get you know keep 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 fans interested. But I mean, if if everybody's being honest with themselves, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a rebuild. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. I think I do think you can say all you want. It was a very very bad year. It was a very bad year. But I think this offseason is poised to be, if nothing else, it's poised to be exciting because they're they're gonna make moves with those first round picks. You've got a new head coach coming in. And, and ultimately, you have to be excited about oh, shit. I'm a Browns fan. I was excited about Hugh Jackson. So were you, Chad. <laughs> and so were you, Joey. We, Wait, yeah, hell yeah, we were. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Sure. We were, when, they, when the Browns announced they were hiring Hugh Jackson, the city of Cleveland, it was like when they announced they were drafting Johnny Manziel, the whole city of Cleveland erupted with praise and joy and everything was great. And Hugh Jackson was their number one choice. He didn't ever win, ever. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one time. Literally. Oh, yeah, there one was time. that one time. In literally years. that one time. Right, one in 31. Goal. That's right, yeah. right, right, just right. Like when da- just like when Danny O'Shea beat Kevin down Cherry Hill <laughs> uh, on the bike race. Intimidation. One time. <laughs> one time. Hey, that's a girl. Spike don't play with girls. Oh, that's not a, that it's not a cheerleader. That's my niece, and she's <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, all so right. Much. So much. It, again, it, it promises to be an exciting off season. Again, our thanks to Dave uh, boys. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer episode than what we planned for, but I've got two things that I want to do before we get out of here. And it's just uh, one is our three cheers of the week, but the other one, we can't let this episode pass without spending just a couple of quick minutes, very what? short minutes. The NFL released their schedule today, right? The the Cleveland Browns schedule is out boys. And, right. and, and there are some distinctly, there are three very wow moments on the Cleveland Brown schedule. There are three very wow moments. The oh, yeah. first one, the first one, boys, happens in week one. Yeah. Rematch of the playoffs last year. And frankly, again, it's all talk until it happens. But the two teams that everybody's talking about to come out of the AFC, the Browns, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. they're going to face off in Arrowhead Stadium week one, boys. How do you feel about that? How is that not one, a Sunday night game, two, the first game of the season, Thursday night, or three, a Monday night football game? Well, okay. <laughs> so three, the best game of the week is never a Monday night football game. Not uh, anymore. And frankly, I think even the Sunday night games, I think I think the games of the week every week now are those Sunday four, like 425 I, yeah, games. I guess so. I guess so. I, that's going to be an absolutely crazy game. I think that is uh, a win-win whether you win or lose. Wait. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, just, well, hang on now. Hang on now. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I just do wow, my own mind. That, doesn't, that like a, <laughs> doesn't that sound like a loser saying that? <laughs> uh, listen, okay, so you win, obviously. That's fantastic. Right. I think that depending on how this team gels in the offseason, preseason, all that stuff, that it will be a good wake-up call one way or the other 
facing a perennial uh, dominant team like the Chiefs right off the bat. That's what's going to make it so interesting is, is, is the Chiefs are going to be breaking in pretty much a brand new offensive line here in week one. And, you know, and the Browns yeah. are going to be adding, you're going to be adding and breaking in all those new defensive personnel into that scheme. So it's It's really going to be a fascinating matchup to watch that brand new defense, which is on paper, which is going to be amazing as, as well as the chiefs. I mean, the chiefs, what they did to rebuild that offensive line in the off season was, was no joke. It's not like they're bringing in two rookie tackles. I mean, they've, they've got bookends now at, at, at all positions. So it's, it's going to be very, very fascinating. Yeah. It, it, you know, uh, <clears throat> two teams, with a lot of changes that have happened, the Chiefs obviously the more established team for sure. However, right. year two of the Browns' offense, I think it's going to look really, really good. Yeah. Like I, that's the thing that I keep. We've spent so much time in this offseason on the defense. They've spent their entire offseason on the defense, rightly so. But you are now year two into a Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt system on this offense. It's the thing that I keep going back to in my head. Their offense is going to be so good. I know. So good. So I'm excited (laughs) for that, but the defense is, it's going to need time to gel. So we're going to see if the defense gels in time for the chiefs. That's going to be crazy. The chiefs offensive line is going to need to gel fast for that (laughs) first week against the Browns. Uh, it's going to be, I loved it. I know a lot of Browns fans and there's a part of me. There's this like 10% part of me. That's like, couldn't you given us like a shitty team? Like the, can you, couldn't you given us the, uh, the Andy Dalton what? bears? Nah. Week one? Nah. You got and week three. Week three we, well, guys, week three. guys, that's week three. I got right here. Yeah. But the Browns haven't been one and oh, since 1902. Like Why that was now? the last Why time. The I'm just, it's just, <laughs> there's that 10% of me that's like, eh, I would have loved to just start with like an, oh, let's get that win and then move on. But at the same time, I'm also with you guys. Let's go to Arrowhead week one. That's also a time where you can maybe catch a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to stop. Here's the other thing. I got to stop thinking like that. The Browns don't have to catch a team anymore. We don't have to catch a team in a down week. We can beat anybody, anytime, any place, anywhere. That is exciting. All right. So here's number two. Number two that stood out to me on the schedule. We're playing on Christmas, boys. Merry Christmas to you guys. Santa Santa came early. Let's go to Lambeau maybe. and play on Christmas. What do you mean, maybe? Are you going to play Aaron Rodgers one way or another? I don't give a shit no. if they play. He's Aaron either Rodgers. playing for the Packers or the Broncos. No, but I don't. Speaking I'm just saying that, they're playing on Christmas in oh, yeah. Lambeau. Speaking of that, can we stop with the Aaron Rodgers bullshit speculation about going to the Browns? Like, like, like coming to the Browns? Uh, so that has is done. Until there's like actual serious like legs to that, just stop. Just I think stop. Mary Kay had an article this week that was just like, no, there's zero interest. Well, and everybody gives her <laughs> shit about that too. But but like, I mean, she's everybody not wrong sh- a lot of the time. No, she's uh, Mary Kay is fantastic. <laughs> everybody gave her shit about that article, and the, it it's it's like watching politics for a minute. <laughs> All of these people that were like, ooh, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, are they going to do it? Is that a thing? Are they going to do it? Then Mary Kay puts out this article that's like, no, no they're not going to do it. They are happy with Baker Mayfield. And then everybody's like, oh, Mary Kay, nice article. Everybody knew that. I'm like, well, you idiot. We're the ones saying <laughs> just now. You're the reason that article needed to be written. 
Right. Well, if it's, <laughs> well, if it's like politics, there's no wonder I didn't pay attention to it. So, yeah, fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's going to be fun. I think it'll be fun to see the uh, listen. Every of all the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. Right. Every once in a while, I want to watch my. I'm I'm tired of watching the goddamn Lions or the Cowboys. On Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm just, any holiday. Well, it's a tradition. No, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, any given holiday, I'm tired of watching those teams. So to have the Christmas game, the Browns in Lambeau. How, how about December 25th, Lambeau Field? Let's go. And it's two cold weather teams, so there's not even there's no excuses anywhere. It's going to be. I think that's a blast. I love that. That was an early Christmas. Santa came to my house tonight, and he just handed me that, and he was like, "Here, have the Browns on Christmas." Cool. Good. I'm glad yeah. you guys chirped it. Anyways, here's the third thing that, that, that stood out to me on the schedule. And this one is actually, uh, uh, this one's actually relevant. The league gifts the Browns completely gifts the Browns, the Ravens, the bye week and then the Ravens in that order. And that is a gift. Yeah. Because while the Ravens are going to have to prepare for the Browns, and then another team, and then the Browns again. The Browns are going to start preparing for the Ravens, and they're going to basically for three straight weeks prepare for the Ravens. Yeah, that's they're going to have a I month mean, of Ravens prep. That's what I don't. Where did Chad go? He's gone. He's going to the bathroom. He's back. Oh, he oh, what the hell? So, anyways, Chad, now that you've decided yeah. to rejoin us, uh, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. We were just talking about. The Browns are basically have three straight weeks to just prepare for the Ravens. Yeah, it's awesome, right? Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> they are supposed. They're supposed to be our main competition. I, I listen. Don't the Steelers won the division last year? I think we're all just writing off the Steelers, and maybe for a good reason. They don't have an offensive line anymore, but uh, they did win the division last year. So, like, maybe let's not write them off totally. Uh, but the team that's supposed to be our main competition this year is Baltimore. And we were just given a gift in the schedule uh, at a very crucial time, a little bit later in the year. Yeah. Well, don't forget, don't forget the Steelers also lost a lot of key pieces on defense too. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where they come out on that. But anyway, uh, you know, yeah, as far as the Ravens go, that's going to be amazing. I mean, especially, I mean, I don't know when Baltimore's, bye week is as well. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they matched them up, but uh, yeah, to be, to, 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 to be able to prepare for the Ravens three weeks in a row, like, I mean, I don't know, say you lose that first game and then you have two weeks to see what you did wrong. See what you can improve on. Come yes. back with a long game two weeks. And that, and that week 14. Yeah. I love that. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Yeah. That's a gift. Uh, and, and you know, that's nothing guaranteed, but at the same time, like, listen, that is, uh, that is, uh, a real opportunity for the Browns to throw that preparation all in. They should be completely gelled and ready to go at that time. Uh, yeah. And, and that's what I love. You're not catching, you know, if you, if you, if you take a punch in the mouth from the chiefs week one, that's not a division game is what it is. I love that. We get to wait. Like, we don't even play division games until later in the year. So it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, I, I think that's a phenomenal thing. Anything else stand out to you guys on the schedule? Uh, I'm glad we play the Chiefs week one because it's pretty soft on the front end, honestly. Yeah. Which is good. It good. You know, puts us in a good position into the season. You got Texans, Bears, Vikings within the first four weeks. So that's 
it's a very easy situation to come out at least three and one. Um, it's going to be it's December, January is going to be tough. That is going to be a really tough stretch uh, yeah. in a very critical time. So it's not an easy schedule. Um, definitely harder than last year. Uh, but I mean, it's I, on paper a much better team than last year. Yep. And we were a good team last year. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I'm being nitpicky, it seems like that the NFL doesn't like to give the Browns primetime games at home, maybe except for like the Thursday night game. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, it, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but I just say eh, it's just something a little nitpicky and interesting to me. Like it's, I it's realize like anytime there's a when you're a bad team, Chad, when you're a shit team yeah. and you never get primetime, <clears> they give you they like chuck you a bone on one Thursday night game. Basically, they're like, oh, fuck, we got to put the Browns yeah. on one of these games. Uh you you yeah. you get jealous. You're like, I want to be on these games. And then your team gets good and you have these primetime games. And all I think about is I hate these primetime games. <laughs> I hate watching all of these other games and then having to wait. Like, I hate Monday night games. I don't want to wait until <laughs> Monday night to watch. There's only team. one though. There's only one Monday night. Right. Good. It's good. I, I was I was glad. I was a little nervous that they were going to turn the Browns into just the primetime team. And they were going to yeah. have like 12 primetime games. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to suck. They didn't do what, that. Is it three? I can see. And then the Raiders, three. Browns is TBD. So that could be primetime. But it probably will. But yeah. Yeah, guys, I think, game. I think it's exciting. I think, you know, uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot of good things that came out of that schedule. We'll see. You know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. They're going to face him at some point, Denver or, or uh, Green Bay, uh, because if he goes anywhere, it's going to be Denver. But yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just exciting. It was, ex- you know, it's been an exciting, it's been an exciting month to be a Browns fan. They, they crushed the draft. The schedule comes out. It's just like you said, Joe, we went into last season with high expectations. We'll have to get Cameron justice back, by the way, we'll have to play the schedule game yeah. with her again this year. Uh, <laughs> we went in with high expectations and they finally met them for the first time ever. Right. And the team is better this year. Right. The team uh, it's just exciting. It's, yeah. And, that, and and we're going to see what the team is made of this year because, yeah, it might be easier, an easier front end of the schedule, Joe, but there's a lot of tougher opponents this year. So yep. there's going to be a lot of – Very true. A lot of, but you don't know. Be a, the funny thing is – There's going to be a lot of measuring stick games this year. The funny yeah, thing like is you don't know is. yet. And that's the thing. I was thinking about that when I was looking at the schedule, Chad. You don't know who the tough ones are. They all look tough now. Like after you get done with the draft – everybody looks better than they were. Like you look around the league right now and you're like, where, the, uh, who's really bad. Lions, like, Broncos, yeah, Patriots, yeah. Bengals. I can go down that list. It's pretty easy. There's a lot of really bad teams. I'm, just I'm scared saying. of like the teams that are like the Browns, like two years ago that are like sneaky. So chargers, <laughs> I'm scared of Cardinals. I'm scared of. Don't uh, be scared. Don't be well, scared. I'm just, you're not scared. I'm not like, it's not keeping me up at night. Joe. Did you see, be strong, Joe. Be strong. You brought up the you brought up the Chargers. Did you see their schedule release video? No. Fucking phenomenal. Oh, Go yeah, look at it. It's gonna piss you off a little bit as a Browns fan, but they did I they did a PowerPoint <laughs> and they made fun of every city of every team that they were facing. <laughs> so like completely just ripping into every team that they're facing, like Philadelphia, and they talk about like fans climbing up the foul poles, even though the police already greased them, like just <laughs> making fun of everybody. And then it gets to Cleveland 
And it just says, Cleveland, what is there to do here? Nothing. <laughs> and then it just moves on. All right. And I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, first of all, I don't, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's hilarious. Not going to get my feelings hurt, but like, I'm excited to play the Chargers in the Rams stadium out there in LA. It's going to be a good time. Uh, maybe we can see if the Chargers still want to play in a high school soccer stadium. Maybe they'd still be into that. Maybe we get Matt to make a shirt for Chargers fans that says, remember that one time you were the only loss to Hugh Jackson? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hugh Jackson. Uh, 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 oh, it's say Los Angeles Chargers. We are the one in one in 31. Boom. Hey. Hey. Let's go. Oh, Let's go. Love it. Love it. Stupid Chargers. Uh, all right, boys. Uh, so NFL schedule's out. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. But it's an exciting time to be a Browns fan. Uh, so let's get into our last segment of the week before we get out of here. It's a little bit of a longer episode, but it was an amazing episode, especially with Dave Metzl. Uh, uh, great guy from Bally Sports down there with the Blue Jackets. So uh, let's get into our three cheers of the week. And Chad, you look like you got something. So I'm going to send it to you first. <laughs> That's the best. That's my favorite face right there. I do that all the time. I Looks do, like I you do. got something. I look like I got something, huh? <laughs> okay. Is that uh, what fear looks like to you? I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and cheers, little Boomer and Matt Pfeffer for joining us on the. Uh, the- hey. Yeah. All right. Hey, cheers. To how you about guys. to everybody? If you're listening to us now, we have started live streaming our podcasts. So yeah. every Wednesday night we record at around 8.30. Sometimes the time gets pushed off here or there. But we live stream our recordings. Join us. Have a good time. Make your comments. We, little, Bo- little Boomer, Matt Pfeffer, uh, they were with us this whole podcast. Uh, so awesome. I, I agree with that. Mike Todd was another one that was with us for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you, Chad. That's a great cheers. All right, Joe, what do you got? Uh to pre-cheer that's not a cheer stop buying fucking gas <laughs> stop buying gas I, I don't know if this is hit you guys at all but stop buying goddamn gasoline look oh welcome to, to the I, south i have to get a u-haul on sunday and move my shit from my sinkhole here and if i can't fill up that u-haul at the end of that trip I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Look, that's, it's just stop buying gas. Please just stop buying gas. Stop it's so gas. crazy. The <laughs> South is, is a roller coaster of emotions down here. Um, so what's up, Mike Todd? Uh, my cheer is to the Browns because it feels so great to be in a position where teams are just scared. Of you. Like, like we have respected the league this year. And that's something that we didn't really even have last year. I think we kind of proved it. We are uh, hopefully considered one of the elite teams of the AFC this year. Uh, and I'm really stoked for them. Like this is, this is a great time to be a Browns fan. And that is so yes. fun. Is it has so been fun. so long. Yes. It's going to be amazing. Let's go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I love that one. And I love your cheers to people. Stop buying gas for real. There's no, there's, there's literally no shortage, but we just created one. It's just, uh, what it, it was the same thing that happened with toilet paper. There wasn't a toilet paper shortage, no. but everybody went out and bought a van load of tro- toilet paper. Yeah. Like they have the never ending poop ass and they just can't get rid of it. Like, you know, when you go and it's like wiping a marker, it, that's this, it's like they have a never ending case right. of that. 
It's like it's like the pandemic started, but I didn't know everyone was making Taco Bell at home. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) damn, people. I did a I did a Blair Witch parody because I got I got like the last pack of like like yes ply at Rite Aid, (laughs) and I hid in my I hid in my bathroom and I was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's free apologizing to yourself. I, I was. I was like, uh, uh, I'm afraid. To, I was like, I'm afraid to close my eyes. I'm afraid to open. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I'm going to do mine. Uh, Joe, I'm going to do a pre one as well. This is specifically for you. I'm going to cheers the Cleveland Indians. Uh, those boys. Yeah. Those Cleveland Indians boys. Uh, again, we'll see where this goes, but these boys are playing well. They just swept a two game series with the Cubs. Uh, the pitching is coming around. The, that back end of the bullpen is so freaking good. They're so Karen Jack and Clause are so freaking erratic, but you, you can s- tell it. You can tell it just rattles the shit. Did out you of guys watch uh, Karen Jack today? Yes. Oh my! I, he's electric. I love the energy that he brings. Like he is, he is like Elvis for our team. Yeah, dude. Cheers to the Indians. They're getting timely hitting, and and they are and they're pitching their asses off and right now they're playing really good baseball so we'll see what happens yeah. but here's my real cheers of the week uh i'm going to give a cheers to my my beautiful wife Katie uh she is in the last 2 days now of her pregnancy uh so unless the baby comes earlier yeah. i'm going to have a brand new baby on saturday uh and my wife is just if if you know if you are married if you've been through it, if you know a pregnant person, these last couple days of the pregnancy is a bitch uh, on on the lady. And so she, but she's plowing through uh, and doing awesome. And so I've got to give her a cheers. And boys, uh, when we record next Wednesday, I might look a little worse. I might look delirious, uh, but I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have a new little baby girl. We go uh, live on Saturday. Hell no! <laughs> <laughs> we go live on. Yeah, join us on Streamyard for. Uh, I got I told, a new baby. I told Katie because you know, obviously, like you know, she could go at any time. I was like, we should do cut-ins for uh, during the show on Wednesday. Uh, and <laughs> like, no. we should do cut-ins there on the show. So it's just like, hey, what's the, what's the baby update? And but yeah. no, that didn't really yeah. pan out super well. Yeah. Just make it a uh, just 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 hide some uh, pom poms in your bag, Mike. And just push them out, breathe it out, push them out. Hey, like just cheer, like that's what I was doing. In my- <laughs> like, just- Get a I, I love it, cheerleader. <laughs> I'm a cheerleader. Uh, yeah, hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. He said a new fifth liner. I already shared it on here, but I appreciate you, Mike Todd, for saying that. Uh, so yeah, my cheer goes out to my wife. She's been uh, phenomenal through this and uh, a couple days and all of a sudden I'm going to be a girl dad. So I'm really excited about that. Just like Chad. Uh, all right, boys, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. No, no, let's end it. This is a long enough podcast. Uh, so all we got to do before we get out of here is give our thanks. Uh, and as always, the first thanks we give is to our podcast host, our network that we're on the belly up sports podcast network. Go follow them at belly up. Uh, at belly up sports uh they've got a lot of other podcasts that are really really good if you're a hockey fan there's some really good hockey podcasts on there or really just anything else so give them a uh check them out go check out their website check out their pages and follow them 
but we appreciate the support that they give us. Again, our our thanks go to our special guest, Dave Metzel from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, he's the ringside reporter on the Bally Sports Network. Uh, so thank you to Dave. We had a great time with him. We look forward to having him again, uh, on again in the future as we get closer to the next Blue Jackets season. And last but not least, as always, our thanks go out to you, the listener. We really appreciate you. Uh, the support that you've given us. If you like us, if you're enjoying us, please get out there, tell your friends, uh, give us a rating, give us a review on whatever you're listening to us on, on uh, whatever podcast host you're listening to us on, but we couldn't do it without you guys. And uh, next week we've got, uh, if you really love us and you want to support some, uh, some garage beers, merch and apparel. Well, we're going to take some pictures and send that out. Thanks to our buddy, Matt Pfeffer with six, one, four hockey. He is uh He's hooking us up with some merch. We're going to have that, uh, I think, next week. Uh, so you'll be able to get your garage beer stuff as well. So thank you to you, the listener. We love you guys. Uh, so for Joe down there in Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers, Joe, for Chad, over there on the east side of Cleveland, at Garage Beers, Chad, I'm Michael Keefe, at Garage Beers, Mike, saying thank you for joining us. Episode 65, it's in the books, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Cheers, everybody. coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.